Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Good morning and welcome to the Mowers Club. Uh, Adam Peacock with you and, uh, well, look at this. The second time in five weeks, Nick Davis is joining us uh, to co-host his own radio program. Great to have your company, Nicholas. It's beautiful, fine Saturday morning of sport and recreation. Thanks for having me. Thanks for everyone that stuck around in the last six weeks while I wasn't here. <laughs> Apologies and uh, normal program is resuming. For how long? No, a good stint. Good stint? Good stint. I got the, uh, I have the um, girls tomorrow at North Sydney. Yep. I've got a trip to see the Lord. Uh, Lord Tristiano Melahino. Lord Tristiano, uh, first week of the holidays, under 16s boys are at the Gold Coast and then Tasmania and then... School holidays, they've scheduled a game on the Gold Coast for a it's bunch under of under 16s. Six... Yeah, well, the yeah. parents will go. Oh, the parents will go? Really? <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. And the Lord's an empty nester for a, for a few weeks. <laughs> uh, great to have you coming on the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, 100 years of innovation. And uh, we will be speaking, I think, Gibbo, who is here as well. Morning, Gibbo. How are you? G'day, boys. Yeah, pretty good. Nick. Thank God Gibbo's here, by the way. <laughs> Otherwise, we would be screwed. Well, yeah, hey, well. <laughs> Nick, don't bring it up, all right? <laughs> Slap on the wrist once. Uh, I'm a fool. Mm. Slap on the wrist twice. You're the fool. I'm the fool. I'm in now, though. I'm in. But yeah, we're going to be speaking to um, one of the winners of the Toro competition later on in the show, Nick. Uh, that was run and won a week or so ago. So pretty excited to um, to call this bloke. This bloke. <laughs> well, it I could wanna, be you out there, listeners. Well, yeah, I want to leave it up to surprise. It could be guys. you. Okay. This person. I th- no, well, it, it might not be you if you're female, given the fact that he just said <sighs> this bloke. Anyway, what uh, a competition though. Mm. Thanks to Toro. Yeah, exactly. So it's the mower, uh, the merch. Yeah, so he got the, um, I think it was worth about $1,100 mower, the pace maker, the pace set setter. I've got to get that right for it. And then the mm. merch pack as well. So, yeah, we're going to be giving him a call later on in the show. I'm sure he's going to be pumped. And to collect his prize, he gets to come and mow my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gets to co-host a show when you're away next yeah. year. Yes. So He'll have plenty of choice. He'll <laughs> be spoiled. But... Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Record number of entries. Yeah. I'll, well, a lot of entries. We, we, we can't say record because – well, can we well, – can say record. Because it's our first. It's our first. It's our first. So it's set the record. So we've set the record. That's a very good point you make, Nick. A yeah. lot of entries, though. A lot of entries. Can we say how many? Because it was good. 
I I reckon we could leave that number up to the imagination. We could say it was in the tens of thousands. Well, it wasn't point six. <laughs> it was heaps. It wasn't point six of it wasn't a percent. Just me and you and someone else. <laughs> but yeah, thank you to everyone who got on Absolutely. board. Absolutely, I, I think there was a part of me that was like, oh geez, <laughs> if, if we go point six here, boys, we're in a bit of strife. Mm. But it sounds like it went really well, and yeah, thanks Did. Toro to the support all year round. Exactly. You're listing on 1170 SEN in Sydney, 1620 SEN on the Gold Coast, SENQ, uh, listing live on the SEN app, or retrospectively on the Mowers Club podcast, which you can catch on Spotify, iTunes, and all of that. Let us know uh, where you're listening to the show on the text line, 0457 736 736. You can call through 1300 01 1170 throughout the morning. Coming up on the show, massive day of International Rugby League. Really love this concept. We've got Three games back-to-back this afternoon and then obviously Origin tomorrow, but ahead of the big clash over there in New Zealand with the Kiwis taking on Tonga, Tony Kemp from SENZ Breakfast will join us. Yesterday was the NBA draft. number of uh, players that have gone through the Australian system, including Dyson Daniels, a young – he will be a boomer very, very soon – selected eight. He's a pelican. (laughs) Well, he is. That's a very nice – A New Orleans pelican. Selected by from Bendigo. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. Yep. We'll uh, get to that a bit later on. That'll get a mention a bit later on. But yeah, uh, Dyson taken in the top ten of the NBA draft. So fantastic day for him. Chris Anstey will join us. He too has been uh, selected in NBA draft, so he knows exactly how it feels. And ahead of Origin, Brent Tate's going to join us. We'll talk to Brent about that. And also Scott Sattler's got in touch with me. He's good mate to ask me a few, uh, ask Brent a few questions on his behalf, which should be a bit of a laugh. And from topsport.com.au, the Lord will join us shortly and then later as well. So Tristan Merlehan. With the double up. Double up. Got yeah, him. good. Yep, he's back on double up. That's Judy. About time. We're all allowed to mention he's about time. course of business in the first two hours of the show now. So rules are relaxed, changed somewhat. Supreme Court's got involved and we can do it. How good. NRL. Remember, every week we'll broadcast a stack of games here on SEN and uh, we'll, of course, have the three calls of the Origin tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening with the uh, the two biased calls and the down-the-middle one as well. But last night, uh, Women's State of Origin down in Canberra, New South Wales 20, Queensland 14, high-paced, high-quality game of rugby league, Nick Davis. It was. It was a, a fantastic game of rugby league. Um, start to finish, uh, I... I <clears throat> and listening to the uh, and watching and listening to the call and and feel good said it really well. It's it's not the women. It's rugby league and it's it was magnificent. Like the passing skills, catch pass, um, tackling, uh, the style of play. Um, full credit to everyone that's been involved in the game, not just in the last twelve months, but it's been a a, a long process for these guys um, to to get it done and. Yeah, well done. And New South Wales uh, were too good in the end. I thought the old Queensland snatched it with the mm. the the Brigginshaw bomb that was taken, but um, the two chasers were offside. But um, no, a great game. Uh, well done to to all the people of uh, Canberra or, and surroundings and New Sydney that would have driven down there to watch a uh, record crowd. And it's going to be a yeah, nah for me, but it's got to be three games. I was going to say, yeah, three games oh. or nah, three games. <laughs> Absolutely. So it has to be. When So it was helped last night by the fact that they've already played a competition this year because they've had to yep. postpone one, and then later in the year they're going to play the 2022 version, yep. the one scheduled. When they expand next year, what's the schedule looking at 
like uh, it's when they're going to play the season because it's going to be an expand span of comp only one year though uh, one season yeah well AFLW went through the same thing that they got to August start they but they come but it's all the back end of, of yeah. the season um I I think it should be the old front end loaded contract start of the season mm-hmm. play Origin then maybe have a few more club games after Origin and then finals. Okay. In the last sort of month of the the men's season. That's my – that is my thought. Run it concurrently. See, that they won't have the – obviously, they won't have the length of an NRL season, 24 rounds plus buys, but what – could you see them maybe starting the NRLW season, say, in May, have yep. a little break halfway through, play these Origin games? Yep. Because you, you need to play the Origin games within – you need to have club football either side of it. Otherwise, I think so. the standard. Yeah. And it's probably. And I think we saw. Probably in, won't in the, men's the pot. Co- We saw in the men's comp with that State of Origin series that was at the end of the season. In COVID. It, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. So, absolutely a yeah for three games. Okay. Like, well, great game. Yeah. Great game of footy. And so, yeah, for three games. And then where that sits in the in the landscape of their season and where it goes. Um, I, I think the front end of the season is the, mm. is the place where it should be. Uh, AFL last night, two games last night. It was. Yeah. What did they do that for? This is State of Origins on Sunday. Don't want to go against State of Origin. AF, AFL bowed to another sport? And oh, I don't know. It? I'm just guessing. That's extraordinary. That's I do for three more. I've got another two and, two and three quarter hours of guessing. <laughs> Get one right. I don't know. Well, Western Bulldogs been or maybe they, Or maybe they just wanted to hide the West Coast Eagles Essendon game. <laughs> God, let's just sneak it in on a Friday night when no one's watching. Well, what? <laughs> they should have played that at like 2 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> no, in all seriousness. Uh, West Coast serious. did get a win by wow. 10 points. How bad at Essendon? <laughs> we don't appreciate it fully in, up here in Sydney, but the amount of – are they – how would you line up Essendon? Would you say – St. George, St. George Illawarra, uh, like big, Gold big Coast. reputation, oh, no. yeah, big oh. reputation continually letting down their fans, even though obviously uh, St. George Illawarra won a comp in 2010. It's not like they've gone through a barren spell of decades. Yeah. The club wise Essendon and playing wise, probably Gold Coast Titans. <laughs> Just not with it. Cricket. Last night, Australia uh, won by... Four wickets. And, uh, yeah, in reply to uh, Sri Lanka's 160, there was a bit of rain about, was there, Gibbo, with the uh, the DL, the DLS? No, I'm not sure if there was any rain last night in Sri Lanka. I know it's been quite humid over there, but the, mm. uh, the Aussies getting it done quite convincingly. But it's been a bit of a tough trip for the Australians. Players going down left, right and centre. Players, uh, I think last night, Josh Inglis, he made his debut. Yep. It wasn't a very happy debut, but he made his debut nonetheless. But, yeah, the Aussies going down in that series 3-2. Yep. But I'm more interested, Adam, in the next score that you're about to read out, the New Zealand versus England Test Series. I was just going to say, the Test Series actually starts Australia-Sri Lanka uh, on Wednesday, but no. And you can hear made. it on SEN as well. Go for it, Gibbo. So, Your man, Daryl Mitchell, who just does not sound like a professional cricketer. No. He doesn't have the name of a professional cricketer, He also Darryl. doesn't look like a professional cricketer. He's got the Jack Leach, the the, uh, the bald head, but he mm. is scoring runs for fun in England. 
So in each of the three tests, he's scored a century. Oh. He's come in each of those times when New Zealand have been in a spot of bother. Mm. Now, last night, I was listening to the call on SENZ, a little bit of a Bruce, perhaps. England were down, I think they were 55 for six. Hang on, hang on, hang on. If I can self-Bruce me, self, before you guys get No, in. well, that's not a Bruce. You listening to something isn't a Bruce. You actually You're did actually it. doing something is not a Bruce. If you oh, said, no, if you said I went and saw yeah, Daryl oh, Mitchell okay. one day and said yeah. three words to him and now I'm a, his best mate, that's yeah. a Bruce. Okay. You listening to something is probably not a Bruce. Okay. Well, I worked on the cricket last test for yeah. SENZ. That maybe was a Bruce. Okay. Oh, I'm yeah. a bit nah, too put liberal. it on your LinkedIn. And okay. Yeah. A bit too liberal with my use of the word Bruce. But anyway, yeah. England was six for 55. Up steps Johnny Bairstow, who's the much maligned English Test cricketer. He scores 130. And Jamie Overton, who was on Test debut, who's a little bit of an all-rounder, a bit more of a bowler. He, I think he gets 80-odd. So that Test, and they always say this, is evenly poised. <laughs> <laughs> it is evenly poised. Just thinking of great Darrells as well. Uh, Daryl Halligan, Daryl Eastlake, Daryl Summers. Daryl Broman. Daryl Broman. I mean, oh, can we say that? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> he exists. It's his birthday during the week. Yeah. Big man. Uh, Daryl Summers, by the way, just a little story about Daryl. Oh, the word is. This is bruising. <laughs> no, it's not oh, bruising. Okay. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I got told by someone. When he uh, was hosting Dancing with the Stars, he refused to, there was a set of stairs he had to go down from the makeup and green room area down to the studio floor, but he refused. <laughs> He got them to set up a caravan on the level of the studio floor because before the show, he just had to concentrate so much he couldn't do stairs. No. Yes. Maybe got stairs here. Is that a yeah, nah? Absolutely. That's a massive yeah. That's an early yeah, nah, Daryl Summers. (laughs) Even if it's not true, I don't care. It's such a good story. Great Daryls. Daryl Mitchell joining that elite band of great Daryls. Daryls. I think he's toward the top of the leaderboard there. Daryl Eastlake was very good when he was calling Origin back in the day. Uh, tennis, Wimbledon draw last night. So, you happy? Uh, yeah, four of the 15 Australians in the main draw got seeds, so that's pretty good. None of them got a shot. Zoe Hives, who's had all kinds of problems. It's an amazing story. She had a, um, she spent two years off because she got glandular fever, and then she had a post-viral situation mm-hmm. where she... She couldn't even walk to the letterbox and, and back without getting really tired. She's she's now back on tour. She plays Maria Sakari, the the Greek fifth seed. But apart from that, no one's really copped a big gun. Um, there's a chance that Kokonakis could play Djokovic in round two. Ooh. Uh, Nick Kyrgios has got a young British player, Paul Jubb. Doesn't sound like a tennis player, does he? Jubb. But he is. <laughs> he is. The Jubster. He's, uh, he's collegiate American champion. So, um, Ooh, he'll be able to play. yeah, he'll be able to play and Nick's going to be up against it cause he'll be copying it from the crowd. They'll probably put it on one of the, the not center court. I'd be surprised if it's center court, but they might put him on one of the bigger courts. So full crowd. Why do they not like him? Who Nick? Yeah. He's playing a Brit. Oh, okay. And they go, they don't get, oh, okay, yeah, right. they go crazy for the, for their own over there. So, uh, Alex Demonor overnight, he went down in the semis, not a bad thing because last year he won the event in Eastbourne, which is the lead up event. And he got to Wimbledon and he's cooked. So <laughs> it was like, that's what Nick pulled out of Mallorca. He went, no, I'll play. He was enough. out of carrots. Yeah, exactly. So you don't want to overdo it the week before he, uh, Demonor lost to Taylor Fritz and Gibbo, a bit of surfing as well. 
Yeah, so we're, we're at the Sakurima Prime, which is in Brazil. So there's two more events after this. The Jeffreys Bay Pro in South Africa and Chopu oh, the one with all in the Tahiti. Well, it's one of the best right-hand point breaks. So it comes from the right <laughs> to the left, really long wave. So one of the high-performance waves on tour. Anyway, we're in Brazil. The Aussies haven't gone so well. Isabel Nichols was into the quarters, and so was Sally Fitzgibbon. So good on them. But the biggest story on the men's side of the draw, we're two rounds in. So we had the elimination rounds this morning. And Callum Robson took down Gabrielle Medina, who's coming back, three-time world champion, out in the elimination round. Now, there was a little subplot. Medina missed the first half of the year. Comes back for the second half of the year. If he pretty much wins every event or goes really far, which he has been doing, he was a chance of making the top five. Mm. With this result, Ba-bow. not making the top five. Did he hurt himself? He hurt his knee? Uh, he's been battling with a knee injury. John John Florence also had a pretty serious knee injury at <laughs> the last event. But Callum Robson is this guy from Evan Heads up in the north coast. Mm. He won a fair bit of prize money but donated it all back into his local community oh, the floods. for the flood relief oh. because the reason he got to the World Tour, he crowdfunded the local footy club, the meat raffles oh, are all going to him. So, great story and hopefully maybe a yarn on him. You could be reading it on codesports.com.au. <laughs> what? What? Callum Robson. And he was a, he was a gun footy and, player. <laughs> do some kick catch with him as well. Or something. <laughs> well he was a 5'8 at the local club up there. There, there you go. Like, so, help him. But yeah, so, I'm glad that golf, actually, sorry, I'm glad that golf got taken out of this. It's been a sad boy. Well, I was going to bring it up, Nick. So the man you model your life on. Yes. I reckon Greg Norman somewhere, the proprietor, oh. the, the man who's running the Live Golf Saudi Rebel how many League. Te- how many, who has how many been copying and, it from Rory. And tweets as the shark... Half oh. written and going, oh, so the no, shark's I won't sitting say there that. with his Rory McElroy <laughs> pin doll, voodoo doll, just stabbing it. So Rory's open at the Travellers in round two with a 31. 31. So he's walked in. I don't know. He's if walked you've... into the club. If you're a goalie, you walk into the clubhouse after the first nine, oh. waiting to get just the, the little lolly packet that you get, a little lolly, bit of a sausage roll. How'd you hit him? <laughs> 31. Yeah. You're just walking in <laughs> and you're going, you're thinking to Please yourself, someone asked me. Someone asked me how I went. Someone asked me how I went. How'd you go? 31. Yeah, 31. Left a couple out there. <laughs> so he's walked in like Vince McMahon walking down, all confident. Front nine, 31. Birdied another one early in the second he's round. He's on 10th hole, four. 11th hole, two. Birdie. Birdie. So he's five under after 11. 13 under for the tournament. I've seen this in action with my co-host, actually, <laughs> before he... Uh, yeah, well, Bimble. let's just say he didn't follow through with his good form for the rest of the thing. So then what happened to Rory? He completely... Snowman. <laughs> An eight. An eight. Oh. Way left. <laughs> this is Nick Davis reincarnate. It is pinball. Five under three twelve. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, possibly one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Sorry, continue, There Nick. is video of this. I went deep in this phone. Deep dark. Eight. Big fat snowman. <laughs> Wide left. With the five, with the five wood, yeah, on the five wood, yeah, wide left, yeah, reload with the military five wood. golf, left, right, left, yeah. If you miss with the five wood, you put the five wood away and you yeah. reload with the big dog. You get angry, but he's reloaded with the five wood, wide right, yeah, <laughs> idiot, overcorrection, Ch- chunk, 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 snowman, eight, and then a couple of holes later, a six, six. when he chipped it into the water, <laughs> he's chipped it into the water. Uh, but he cut it a 70. 70, <laughs> even past 70, uh, 39 on the back. Ah, uh, yes, Rory. But uh, Xander Shoffley. 
doing the business there. He is currently just finished with uh, a seven. He's gone seven under, seven under for a, a total of fourteen under. Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantlay in second place. Harris English, nine under. Is that the great man? I might, uh, yeah, nah, Rory a bit later on, actually. Ah, you'll see. But Cam Davis. Yeah? Nine under. Good for him. And late, quickly, Mm. in the score updates. Quickly. The St. Hilda's. Robin Merlihan. They've got the win up there on the Gold Coast. Mm. Well done up there, girls. Anyone that took the minus two and a half, you've saluted. Well, we'll talk to Tristan in about three minutes. Good. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back. A quick text on the text line 0457736736. Morning Mowers. Greg from Gundagai's regular. Great man. Early text for the show on the Mowers Club here. How good was the Women's State of Origin last night? Me and my old mate Merv made the track f- trek from uh, Gundagai to Canberra to watch what I thought was a wonderful game of footy. Some of those girls in the blue side would not look out of place in the NRL. Uh, my man Mervyn reckons Jess Sergis and Millie Boyle could walk into a few of those NRL sides. Big tip to come later. Yeah, they're uh, they're great footy players. And thank you again, Greg. But looking forward to Greg's uh, tip. I might yep. follow him again. For the bet with this man a bit later on from topsport.com.au, Tristan Merlihan joins us right now for an early look ahead to what we'll talk about later on the show. But uh, Tristan, how are you, mate? What are things looking like for Origin? Yeah, g'day, boys. Yeah, a bit of a mixed morning. I worked in, walked in this morning and um, someone had a really sizable bet on Xander Shuffle to win the golf. And the first hole I turn on, I see your man or your second favourite <laughs> athlete, Nick, leading the tournament. Uh, and then he shoots an eight. So... Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a good good start, but uh, yeah, no, we uh, we got a big big week of uh, footy coming up. Obviously, Origin tomorrow night, which will be good. Yeah, there, there wasn't on delay, was it? He didn't. Oh, <laughs> mate, the sword might have seen my man hit it into the uh, into the the scrub. But yeah, State of Origin over in Perth on a Sunday. Tris, just give us a quick look at the uh, the odds, uh, win play win, and then we'll go into it later on in the show with you. Yeah, 166 the Blues, 227 the Maroons, and at two and a half, it's been absolutely truckloaded. 185 into 166 New South Wales, two and a half the line. So very firm favourites, New South Wales, to lock the series up one all. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't mean well. It could, could, but it shouldn't. Seven changes for the Blues. Is this your doing, Tristan? I'm, I'm the same. I'm surprised, and Queensland's exactly where we want to be. Just slight underdogs. Uh, all the, uh, it's, it's funny. I, I think everyone I speak to is confused by the market, but the money just keeps coming, and uh, very, very surprising. But um, we'll see what happens on Sunday night, I guess. Very weird. Very weird. Um, what about the three games of Sabo? So you've got uh, three games of International Rugby League to um, certainly fill in the uh, the afternoon with a bit of entertainment if you love your footy. Yeah, really good game. First up, we've got New Zealand against Tonga. One twenty-six New Zealand, $4 Tonga and 11 and a half. Then Samoa Cook Islands. This one's very lopsided, 36 and a half the line. Then the last game, I think PNG's a little bit of value in this one with all the a lot of the guys playing together for the Hunters, some NRL stars coming into the side. They were $4. They're into three fifty. I still think they're a big chance in that match. $1.32 Fiji and the line is 8.5. But, yeah, good to have international footy back. Can't wait to see the atmosphere in that game at 3 o'clock. I think the uh, crowd's going to be massive. Mm. Yeah, the, the oh, yeah. it'll be outrageous <laughs> over there. So, I don't know. Have that, is it at Eden Park or Mount Smart? I think it's at Mount Smart. Mount Smart so, yeah. 
wonder if they'll uh, sell it out. And um, later on, uh, looking forward to maybe having a, a tip in a, a race as well, Tristan. Is there uh, they're much on today? There's the Tats Tiara, I think, day up at uh, Eagle yeah. Farm. That's the main race. I just want to see which uh, meeting you ride off this week and uh, and, and bag uh, for the listeners. So we'll, we'll see which one you come up with, Adam. But uh, yeah, the Ipswich Cup, what about the uh, the winner last week? I was uh, I was very happy with uh, with the outcome there. And uh, yeah, Tats TR up there at Brisbane, last group one of the uh, the financial year. So we'll see uh, see which horse salutes there. So we'll go through that market a little bit later. Um, as a like big week for all businesses, obviously. Um, how are you looking for the financial year, Tristan? Are you, you you're looking forward to the end of this one or have you got to write a stack off um, just to make ends meet by uh, the, the time we speak next week? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to rolling into the into the new financial year, to be honest. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll get get through this week, and then we'll move into the next week and uh, and, and see what see where we end up. But yeah, as you say, it's a big week for a lot of businesses out there. <laughs> uh, Tristan, thank you, mate. We'll speak later on um, and get the full uh, rundown from topsport.com.au. Speak next week later on, boys. Uh, Tristan Merlihan from Top Sport. Uh, do stick around. The Weekend Review is not too far away. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Let's put a line through the biggest stories of the week with the Mowers Week in Review. <laughs> it's just a quick whippersnap. Not like this, like do the whole lawn type thing. Just sort that out and then go in with the mower there. This is the week in review. We've, we've had that discussion though in our mm. mowing chat. It needs to be one consistent. <laughs> it can't be. That's annoying. It's in the bylaws. Do we like the representative round in I do. rugby league? I love it. Why? Because you get a week off? No. <laughs> I can black off. Freeze up the diary. Freeze up the diary. No, I love it. So Roosters had the week off this week? Yep. Whole week? Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Train Sunday for Friday night game against... Train Sunday. What time? Sunday, tomorrow. I don't know. 8 a.m.? Robo. Robo's... <laughs> Too smart for you guys. <laughs> Billy, not silly. Yeah. Uh, Friday night Panthers, so there'll be a Sunday. Yes. Sunday. You'd want a clear mind for that Not a normal contest. Sunday session. No. Good time to get the Panthers though. Five days after an Origin, when half the team's playing. Yeah, that was there was a thing going around on social media about uh, just a vision of Panthers train, just Dylan Edwards standing there by himself. <laughs> <laughs> Panthers training at Rep Brown, just Dylan, just standing there. Oh, poor guy. Poor and he's he's, one of the, he's like their most important one of their most important poor guy. Anyway, uh, yeah, I do love, um, I do love it. I think. Uh, representative football is very important. Uh, with the money that's in the regular NRL season, mm. um, I think sort of representative football can be left behind. But I think it's um, it's a an important part of uh, of the rugby league uh, landscape. And I love rep footy. I'll be tuning in absolutely tonight for the pre-game and the game of the. Uh, yeah, this afternoon, the, the, the three games it. back to back to back, cracking, fantastic. Yeah, exactly what rugby league needs. It's but I, 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 even more so, I love the integration of uh, of the Thursday night uh, and then last night. Yep, building up to, to Sunday, I think it's uh, I think it's outstanding. Mm. Seven changes for Brad Fittler game two. We spoke to Tristan just then. I can't quite wrap my head around how there's that disparity in the price in the market. 
for me, it's Queensland slight favourites because of the continuity that they've got in their squad. I just not saying that New South Wales can't win, and not saying that Brad Fittler making all those changes was necessarily a bad thing. I just can't see why Queensland wouldn't be the better option going in, given everything that got out of game one. Yeah, at a price point, um, at topsport.com.au, gamble responsibility, absolutely. You'd like <laughs> to think that uh, that Queensland are value in that. Um, the seven changes, it can it can go, Captain Obvious, one or two ways. Um, is that New South Wales admitting that they obviously picked the wrong people? or they pick the wrong people for the game style, or they're going to change games. It's going to be interesting to see if they roll out the same game style with different people. Does that make it a – does that change the outcome? Or I, I think there was a few – and what New South Wales had done correctly in and fixed it up is they'd picked people in the right spots. I don't think they did that in game one, and mm. I still don't think they've quite got it right in game – in so, what way? Who who didn't get picked well, in the, the right spot? The Senate, the um, Stephen Crichton um, in in his in in game one. I, did, I think for a while there, New South Wales picked the best seventeen and just gave him a jersey and you work it out. Whereas I think picking the pick centers in the centers, pick the and people Matt if Matt Burton kicks the ball three times, I'll be surprised. Well, if he kicks the ball in the three, I'll be absolutely surprised. Everyone's I won't talking. Be. I won't be. Why? Because they'll get to halfway. A lot of the times in game one, they got, they didn't get over Queensland's 40-meter line. So it was then to Cleary back on halfway to put a high kick up to put pressure on. Now, quick and Queensland did really well rushing him, getting out to him. Now they can plonk Burton, left footer, on the other side of the ruck, and they've got which way they're going with the kick. And it's going to be the same result. The ball's going to bring snow. It's snowed in Perth too often in the last yeah, hundred years. It hasn't for a while. No, it hasn't for a while. But you know, you'll 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 give it a go. From the centres. It's it's only one more uh, out. Okay. Okay. Hmm? Tell me. Kick, catch, catch him, mate. What's that? Kick catch catch him, mate. He'll he'll suffer. <laughs> but you won't have that on, on Monday if they, last rolls, if they get rolls. If they get rolls. Come on, girls. <laughs> How many sessions did you spend with him? Training sessions with him? I've, a few. Okay. Yep. okay. Wasn't just the one. No. Oh, thanks. Cover hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Hey, West Tigers, by the way, more leaks than a boat that's hit an iceberg. That's just one. Wow. No, a few kind of happen mm. because the water gets in and then punches holes everywhere. Luke Brooks about to be given a rest or given a full-time rest from the West Tigers and go elsewhere. Like, what? what is going on with this club? Um, what a horrible joint. It's one of those where it's the car crash where you just want it to be written off. You're like, well, I just want this written. They've, they've sacked the coach yeah, and they're, and they're going, oh, do we try and fix it? And it's like, I think they've got to the point where it's like, ah, let's just write the car off, get a brand yeah. new car. It's hard to get through to insurance when you're trying to do that, by the way. <laughs> I'm still waiting on a flood damages thing from February downstairs. Anyway, anyway we digress. We digress. West Tigers, um, but we might come, we might get into it later on with um, social media and leaks and stuff like that. But the good old leak used to be the way of, that it is. Um, and things would be 
hidden, oh, listen, this is going to happen, don't say it, or this is going to happen, can you say it? Um, leaks might be actually properly leaked on purpose. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Look at <laughs> any political political place on earth. But I think it's the time for the West High. If, if you're going to leak things in Clearhouse, do it. Do it now. Uh, do it quick. But Do it quick. Do it now. But they're not doing it Cop with the, hit. the person who's going to be the coach there, for, allegedly, for the next three years. Maybe they are. <sighs> How do you know? Good point. How do you know? Might be pulling strings. Maybe. Behind the scenes, so to speak. Anyway, what a mess. Football. Uh, now, last week, we didn't talk about this. But because I say this week. Do not lie. Didn't talk about the Socceroos at all. That's because I just wanted you to be here in front of me, Nick. How good. Say, <laughs> I can't wait for us to do our live our Saturday morning mowers from Qatar. There may or may not have been a couple of text messages with photos of, you know, those trains on the subcontinent, which have like four million people on them. And there was one with Nick Davis front and centre up the front of the front of the train, just surveying uh, the landscape, saying, how good are the, the Socceroos? I sent it to the Lord, actually. I was the guy standing still on the side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unsure of what's going on. Unsure of what this ruck is. But deep down thinking, how do I get on this? There you go. I sent it to the yeah. radio. <laughs> <laughs> on the side of the tracks going, how do I get on this train? Do I want to get on this train? Do you want to get on this train, Nick? No. You We've qualified. Yeah. Let's not accept that. Come on, guys. I, I, I'm with you. I'm sick of going to World Cups. Oh, yay, we've qualified. We get a participation award. Spoke to Graham Arnold through the week. Big Brucey. For Code Sports, <laughs> interview that. running this weekend on <clears throat> codesports.com.au. I said to him, I put it to him, some people, Graham, are calling this a group of death. The Socceroos Everyone get, says that. The Socceroos could get drawn with Lapland, Antarctica, <laughs> and Equatorial Guinea, and someone would go, oh, it's a group of death. Group of death. Oh, we've got to be careful. Eric De is a good centre, centre midfielder. <laughs> Denmark, France, and Tunisia ain't the group of death. It, it ain't a horrific draw. It's not like the best. France are world champions for a reason. But he said, no way. I didn't even get the question out. He goes, no way. It's a group of opportunity, and we're aiming for the second round. You have to. I like that. Good. Maybe I'll get on board. Maybe you're on bit, board. A little bit more of this positivity. Socceroos have won two World Cup matches in history. Oh. 2006, 2010. Oh, I'm off again. <laughs> <laughs> Top spot. I'm going to responsibly. Yeah. I've never been as flat walking out from a sporting event as I was after the Peru match in 2018 when we got rolled and rolled easily. And there was like... I was like, what, why are we doing this? Why are we just rocking up for the sake why of Why are we trying up? to qualify? Oh, we had a great time. <laughs> My liver didn't, but <laughs> the rest of me did. But, yeah, it was. it's so frustrating. But talking to, you know, the, the coach and what they're hoping to try and achieve, they know it's not going to be easy. They know they just can't rock up and say, oh, we're going to give it a go and that'll that'll be enough. But. Good on him. Wow. I'm like, Nate, I played soccer as a kid. I was a Gawley Bay <laughs> rabbit. Yeah? Gray Martin was the coach there. Why didn't you stick with it? Could have seen the world instead of just going to Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, I love on, Perth. On Eddie's corporate card. That's skillful enough. For me. Yeah, I got to go to Adelaide twice a year, mate. <laughs> the they went to Ireland? Yeah, Ireland. Yep. That's fun. Once. Once? Yeah. That's fun. You should have stuck with football. Oh, you were talented enough. I was. You could have seen the world. Tough enough.
Anyway, could have gone to Lapland and Antarctica <laughs> and Equatorial Guinea and all those places. AFL footy, Nicholas Jordan Dugowie. So if you don't know this name, <laughs> he's in a big bucket of you-know-what this week because he went away in the bye week to Bali, mm-hmm. uh, was enjoying himself in a nightclub, was seen to be cavorting. What, how, how do you describe it? Look, what went on on his social media? <laughs> Not going to. So he was. It was all consensual, yeah. with this female yeah. on a dance floor, and then he's lifted up her top, and she's laughing her head off, and blah blah blah. She's come out after it and said, "I got no issue with it," but Jordan is being. Everyone's got an issue with it. Everyone, it's it is one of you know. Remember when school, and someone yelled out "stacks on," <laughs> and it was. Stacks on. Stacks on. And everyone just came from everywhere and just jumped on board. Well, Jordan Dugowie, metaphorically, is at the bottom of that stacks stacks on on this week. And I Fair enough or no? Absolutely not. And some of the people that are stacks oning Jordan Dugowie are massive, massive hypocrites. Dirtbags. Hypocrites. (laughs) People carrying on, oh, he shouldn't have gone. Leave him alone. Mm -hmm. Leave him alone. He's allowed to, on his break, go to Bali. And people go, well, last time he went overseas, yeah, he got in trouble in America. New York. And, yeah, Collingwood should have... No, leave him alone. He's allowed to go and do whatever whatever he wants. Mm. Legally. He was doing nothing. Stupid, yes, maybe, whatever. Just leave him alone. Leave him alone. And the thing that frustrates me a little bit is some people coming out and being very hypocritical uh, because I know. And also it, the thing that I don't know whether it upsets me or infuri- it, it's it's coming from the AFL's own journalists like Fox. Well, like there's got to be a level of protecting these players. If they don't play and they don't do it, this is your life and you live, you, you Sometimes you got to, and it used to happen back in the day, we're going, oh, oh, geez, I saw such and such out. Well, yeah, I went right. Just leave him alone. Here's where I have an issue with it all. I don't, I don't mind if it's along the lines of criticism, along the lines of open-minded criticism, which is very different to just slapping a guy or, yeah. or, a, or a woman or whatever for, well, metaphorically, not actually, for behaviour. Because generally speaking, Whoever is handing out that said criticism or harsh advice, I reckon they'd have a vice or two in their life. So to actually hammer someone just by virtue of they happen to be a footy player or they happen to be a this or a that. And the other word that comes out goes, oh, he's got the privilege. It's not a privilege to be an AFL. It is hard work. Oh, he's so privileged. He gets to play footy and get play money. It's hard. Hmm. It's not that easy. It's rewards not, are there. It's not that. Pre- There's Re- rewards everywhere. Rewards. If you work hard at a bank, at, at Toro or at Top Sport, mm. there's rewards everywhere. People carry on. Oh, it's such a privileged life. It's not that great. By the end of it, I hated it. It mm. sucked. I only did it at the end of my career because I could do it, and it was hard. And I didn't like going to because yeah, the game. You, are you describing and, your AFL footy career or your golf game? No, both. <laughs> But my at the end of my AFL 
footy career, I hated it. Yeah, you've said it. It was before, not yeah. privileged. Mm. You and and people just trot that out, and that's what. And I'm a little bit upset at the moment, but people just trot it out too easy. Oh, he's so privileged to be an AFL foot. It's hard work. Yeah, it is very hard. But the the. There should be a limit on that sympathy because they choose to do it. It's not like they've been pushed down an avenue of life to say you must do but this because you've got to do a talent. Whatever. Yeah, you exactly. Choose to cut so th- that's you why to- I say temper the sympathy a little bit because yeah, it, it is hard. Granted, but it's that shouldn't forgive when lines no, are crossed and no, absolutely not, yeah. absolutely not. And then you get into the next one with the TikTok one, please. I was going to get Gibbo a bit later on. I, I, I just don't understand this. Like out of 10 or whatever like that is. Uh, we'll, we'll do that later in around the socials because I'm not quite across that. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm too old. Yeah, we'll leave that. Uh, quick one on cricket. Big Bash. Yes. Player draft introduced. Designed to entice more overseas talent to Australian shores with CA promising globally competitive rates for those who nominate. Sounds like a brochure, something you've seen, a brochure for a freaking insurance company or something. Uh, Those who missed last season's finals, Melbourne Stars, Brisbane Heat, Melbourne Renegades, going to lottery for picks one, two, and three. So it's a bit of spice, bit of interest. I still don't know how they're going to bring the type of player that's going to make you go, holy moly, can't wait to go and watch him. Because UAE is starting Mm -hmm. one, they're Mm -hmm. just going to offer megas. Yep. And South Africa are going to have their own, so they're going to keep their own best talent and maybe a couple of others sprinkled in. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. Again, I keep on reiterating, don't play international white ball matches when the Big Bash is on. Then you've got a chance. If you have your best Australian players yeah, in the okay. Big Bash, yep. that is what is going to draw little Johnny and little Jeanette to the SCG yep. in the middle of summer to watch Steve Smith play Big Bash. Yeah, they're not. They were going to play. They were going to play a white ball series with South Africa, but because of both teams are trying to get their leagues yeah. flourishing, uh, Australia will not be playing South Africa. So they will be able to play all the limited overs players, and then the same for in South Africa. Do parents still name their kids Jeanette? By the way, anyway, thought for another time. Off to a break on the Mars Club. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Well, Nicholas, hasn't your week in review just lit up the text line on 0457 736 736? We need GoPros on Nick Davis on his hands off. <laughs> no, you do not. I can guarantee you, you do not. Um, in Newcastle on a weekend, that's a high five weekend. PC Max. Can an AFL player not find a female friend and play hard? Unless it's illegal, it's game on. 100%. PC. Honestly. Does your head in. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Uh, Rooster Man, is this a philosophical one? I'm not sure. It's about the Luke Brooks situation where I don't know if the Tigers want to keep him. don't know if he's going to play next week, whatever. But we'll find out that in the course of the next few days. But Luke Brooks reminds me of when I had my son in China. Midwife said, do you want to cut the umbilical cord? I said, yes. Then they cut the cord themselves. Tigers, learn from that. Cut it yourself quick or get cut. Right. Okay. I think he's saying move on. Yeah. Eels, eels, Muzz. We love being in the group of death. It's our thing. Yeah. If you got, if you go into Qatar and you're a Socceroos people, get Socceroos. We're in the group of death. That's yeah. on the back of your t-shirt. I'm going to go dressed as a Grim Reaper. In the group of death. This is Group D. Just going to put D well, on. Fan- oh, you know the one thing that I'm. Are the fanatics going? Hey, 
Let me tell you about a few stories <laughs> of the fanatics, my friend. Here's the 10 o'clock news. And on the other side, uh, Tony Kent, we're going to talk some rugby league with the international games this afternoon. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, great to have you company in the second hour of the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers and we'll uh, get to our prize winner a bit later on for that magnificent competition we had. Uh, big second hour coming up. Later on, we've got Chris Anstey to talk about the uh, the NBA draft. And that was a great result for Dyson Daniels yesterday, being selected in the top 10 of the NBA draft. But right now, we're talking to a man who played uh, nearly 100 matches in the old NRL, 25 tests for the Kiwis, a couple of years coaching at the Warriors, and now the current host of SENZ Breakfast with Israel Dag. Uh, Tony Kemp joins us to talk about um, what should be a bloody big afternoon over there at Mount Smart Stadium, firstly, with the, the triple header kicking off with New Zealand taking on Tonga, and Tony joins us right now. How are you, mate? Hey, boys. Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it, actually. What uh, can we expect in terms of a, a roll-up there at Mount Smart? You've been starved of r- live rugby league for a very long time over there. Uh, so on, on two fronts, this has the makings of a huge afternoon. Will it be? Oh, 100%. Oh, I think it was uh, mid-afternoon yesterday the um, sold-out signs went up at Mount Smart. So it's a full house uh, there today. It'll be a sea of red. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw any of those games over here last time Tonga played both down in Hamilton and, and the one up here at Mount Smart where their home supporters absolutely fanatical. So the whole of South Auckland is painted red um, during the week and, and they all moved onto Mount Smart today. There'll be a sprinkling of, of Kiwi jerseys for a home game, but mate, it is that's what it is over here. They they love seeing their people and uh, two very good teams. So you know the football's going to be. Uh, as good to boot with that crowd. It's going to be a great afternoon. Yeah, so Auckland, for those of us over this side of the ditch, not quite sure of the um, the, the the demographical makeup of uh, the city is that there's a lot of um, Pacific Island migration to a place like Auckland, is there? And there's a lot of Tongan representation in the suburbs? 100%. So a lot like uh, Western Sydney. So, you know, Mount Druitt, um, this is similar here in what we call South Auckland, it's the South Siders. Most of our Polynesians that were brought, uh, brought over here in the early days to work um, have been moved um, further and further south, and, and a lot of the a lot of the island uh, nations all uh, reside down the south side of Auckland as you head um, further down the island, and, and of course. A lot of our players that are playing through the NRL, that's their home uh, to places like Papakura, Otara, um, Manurewa, um, which are which are a staunch rugby league areas within Auckland. So uh, they all they all cruise back into um, the eastern side of town, which is where Mount Smart is. And mate, you won't get in there if you're, you're heading to the game today. You're basically catching Uber and get dropped off ten minutes and walk your way. And there's a lot of fun. There's lots of music, flags everywhere. It was very entertaining the last time these two played at Mount Smart. Um, and I'm expecting no difference today. And and what about the teams that they've picked? They're, they're just both of them. Uh, I think, of, you know, if there's a if there's a, a smidgen of talent lacking on the Tongan side, it just it's probably in the spine that they've chosen. Because uh, New Zealand, on the other hand, their spine that they've chosen, I think, is probably the best in a decade. 
Yeah, Tony, let's go through that spine. You've got Joseph Manu, who uh, has been uh, one of the form players of the competition. Dylan Brown, uh, Jerome Hughes and Brandon Smith. Uh, is it the best that they've they've put together, the, the New Zealand side? Well, I think so. I, I did an uh, editorial during the week on the spine and I went back to uh, Clayton Friend, Olsen Filipina, um, Gary Kimball and Howie Tamari, the time they beat um, the Kangaroos here at Carlow Park, 18-0 in the final test. That was that three-test series where Don Rebo got that try in the last one. So they won the first two, the Kangaroos. So that was, that was in the 80s. That was probably our prime spine. And then you look at Stacey, Nigel, um, Lance Sahai, Brent Webb at fullback. Uh, you know, they weren't too bad. Um, Isaac Luke was thrown in that, that one too, but the, they've won World Cups and Four Nations. But this team here that they've picked, and especially the spine, it's been picked on form, first and foremost. But if you have a look at them, they are real key players across the clubs that they come from for Parramatta, Melbourne, of course, with Jerome and, and Brandon. And we also what Joseph Manu can do when he's given that number one jersey. So um, for me, the question is, uh, it still needs to be answered whether it's the best we've ever had because they haven't played together. But on paper, I'm saying that it is. It's the best one that we've ever had. And we look at the the Tongan side, and if you look, if you want to put together a, a, a Ford pack, uh, Adam Fanua Blake, Siwa Takiaho, Satili Tupanua, Colin Matagi, and Tal Malolo. Be interesting to see who wants to take the kickoff run. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be standing in front of any of these guys. About eight of them. Oh, look. And then you go on to the bench and you've got all quite two out of Hadley and um, Totola from South Sydney. It's you know a pretty I mean? simple it, game plan, I it, think, it for is. the Tonga boys. Oh, it is, it is, boys. It is. You know, they're going to try and bash them up through the middle of the park. Um, but, again, I, you know, you have a look at James Fisher-Harris and, and Isaiah Kenny and, and you've got big um, Nelson coming off the bench. It's just going to be a real ding-dong of a battle. Um, through that middle, and and that's what I'm saying. You know, although the likes of Saliba Harmony doesn't play 80 minutes, so you've got the young tennis boy Sonny Luke coming off, who goes all right from dummy half, so he'll he'll add a little bit of spark to them. Um, but Katoni Stags at five eight, and I'm on all those going all right at St George are sort of untested, and 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 then your fullbacks generally playing in the centres at Manly. So I think you know their forwards will the, the battle will be won there in the middle. But the game will be won through the spine because I think the New Zealand spine is just going to have too much class to set their outside delight. Hey, uh, the Samoan side. So they play Cook Islands, and the Cook Islanders don't have the depth of a Samoa or a Tonga, obviously, with the NRL quality through their mitts. But just having a look at um, the Samoan side, it's, it's bloody strong, isn't it? It did it, it cause issues for either Tonga or New Zealand. Oh, it's phenomenal. You know, and that and that's the, the where the Pacific nations have gone to, you know, like we're we're filling the NRL with talent um through the Pacific nations and, and then you look at their international sides and the international game need to pull your finger out and really get some internationals going on a more regular basis when you when you see teams like Samoa, Tonga, um, the Kiwis, you you are leaving out New Zealand Māori and of course the indigenous all star side as well. So, you know, you can imagine that being a a, a Pacific international window that really um, challenges, you know, people's thinking and, and adds to, I guess, the flavour of football. Um, but when you look at the Samoan side, it, like, they're going to tell up the Cook Islands. The, the Cook Islands have some decent players in there. A lot of them are, are coming out of um, 
second tier football. And you know, there's some really good names in there too. Kevin Kevin Edel, who played in the centres with me and the Kiwis, he's got both his boys playing in there and Andre and KL. Um, one playing fullback, the other one playing front row. So um but the the rest of them are, are sort of second graders that are that are just playing for the Cook Islands up against a, a pretty informed hot looking Samoan side with a big four pack and, and again skill to boot. So I think it'll be a pretty long day for the Cook Islands. Yeah, the the Samoan starting pack to power, Tavanga, Molo, Schuster, Sua, L O I. Uh, from uh, the Dally M's last year. Hey, uh, just in general, Tony, so what would you like to say? There's there's thoughts that oh, it will, Origin will go back to Wednesdays next year. So where are they going to um, jam in this international break? We, we both sat here in the last half hour and said that it's fantastic. Like it, it's just a perfect break for the season for the NRL footy. But is your fear that that, They'll just go away from it, club land or rule, and we'll just have to fit it in at the end of the season. Yeah, well, yeah. The you know the the problem that you have is you have a pretty average international governing body that don't have a say and 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 really can't um, remove what is what is the best product down here, which is the NRL and the Origin window. So you either you either go and play a tournament at the back end of the year and go back to touring up to England and, and maybe they want to bring the kangaroos back. Or you start to think outside the square and run Pacific Cups, you know, where if you look what the Indigenous do in Australia, and the Māori also do it over here in New Zealand, is they have a week where players just go and play against each other. Um, and you've seen that in the Indigenous where the likes of, you know, um, Greg Inglis played when he retired, he went back and played in that tournament. The same thing happens over here in New Zealand where you've got kids coming out of there, um, or they're coming through retiring. What I'm saying is that the international for the Pacific teams now is a really meaningful event, and you could you could actually argue that it becomes a saleable product, and the NRL should actually add it to their window somewhere because it adds to the cost um, uh, of what rugby league would cost any media outlet. So um, when you, you'll you'll see this game today, like I've said for three years now that the Tonga New Zealand game was our origin concept. You'll see it when you when you see it on TV. You'll see the stadium full of yeah. people. It's, it's the only time they do it in New Zealand, and it really should be taken to somewhere like Eden Park, and it should be a three-game series. So it should be like New South Wales Queensland. Um, but no, again, the governing body down here for New Zealand's got no idea um, <laughs> how to how to do that. And of, and of course, what we do is we get this teaser at this time of the year, and then it goes away, and we don't see it again. You know, you've got to argue whether or not you'll see it at the end of the year. Maybe the World Cup, um, but that comes around every four years. It's just not enough football. No, I agree, Tony. I agree. I'm just as probably more so looking forward to this uh, this clash tonight between Tonga and New Zealand than the state of right. It's, it's staggering that I think everyone wants best product, and we've seen it across the codes uh, over the last little bit where. Everyone's whinging about, oh, we've got some poor games and stuff like this. And you've got an opportunity to put the best players out three weeks in a row in New South Wales, Queensland, Tonga and New Zealand. It, it's absolutely ludicrous if it doesn't happen. Well, that, that, and that's right. So if you're going to run three origins, allow New Zealand to play Tonga three times as well. You know, and I think, I think what people are scared, afraid to talk about is that origin is not state of origin. It should be... Or, um, place of origin because you know you've got 
Jason Tomalolo that came through the Queensland structure that could have played for Queensland, chose New Zealand, and now is playing for Tonga. You got Jason, uh, you've got James Tomo that grew up in Palmerston North, represented New Zealand Māori, and ended up in New South Wales. And what you're seeing now is a state of origin. Is I feel really sorry for the kids growing up in New South Wales and Queensland when it is now um, heavily influenced by the Pacific players coming through into that side. So change the name to place of origin. By the way, you've now filled the Tongan team who's playing probably our best ever Kiwi team that we've picked. And you look at the Samoan team and they should have games. So mm. if you're going to have a window, it shouldn't just be New South Wales, Queensland. It should be a window for everybody. Agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't understand. So it'd be interesting to see if they do twist it because I like the fact that Katoni Staggs can't play for New South Wales or not picked by New South Wales but gets the chance to play international footy. Absolutely. Still, there's there's no difference. And the English players, it'd be very interesting to see what happens with the English players if some that they're going to have to twist the eligibility rules somehow in some well, way, shape, the, or form. Well, that's the other other. Yeah, and that's the other game that's going on up there, fellas, is you've got the Pacific All-Stars playing against England mm. um, at, at the same time. So it's not it's not rocket science, is it? You've got all these wonderful players that are sitting out that their clubs are either having buys or their clubs are playing, but Origin gets playing, you lose those players um, if they're playing on that weekend, you know what I mean? So I reckon what you should do is bite the bullet. The, the, you can Again, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that what you're challenging the, the current state of play, but you're also challenging the state, the money stakes. I'm saying you would actually increase the money stakes with an international game through that window that was, and you'll see it today, a really good product to sell. I, I don't see why they're holding it up. Yep, good point. Tony Kemp, we've just got one text on the text line as well to, to see you out. Tony Kemp is the best Newcastle Knights legend, tells it as it is. There you go, Tony. Wanted to pick you up on the way out, so... Well done, mate. <laughs> Thanks, boys. <laughs> Cheers, All mate. Right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. Tony Kemp, who is part of the SEN family over there in New Zealand, SENZ breakfast host, uh, joining us to talk about international really rugby. Well, this is going to be a, <laughs> like a solid – imagine them running – probably the problem is you don't want them to play three weeks. Imagine these four packs running into each other for three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> imagine the NRL club coaches watching this game this <laughs> afternoon. They'll be having conniptions. <laughs> But, like, your man, Robbo, he'd be watching it like this with his hand over his head People going everywhere. No, but, like, uh, there's something needs to be – because there is something there this game, to be taken advantage this of. This game – and I don't know whether to. it's the, the rugby league worried about. This game has the absolute potential to become New South Wales. Absolutely. Mm. And I'm not, shared, I'm, I'm not sure if they're worried about giving it fuel to the fire. Well – if Samoa have the likes of Brian Toto, Jerome Luai, Christian Crichton from the New South Wales team, you chuck in Papali'i, uh, sorry, Stephen, I did that before, um, Tino Fasua Malawi and Josh Papali'i, you add that to Samoan side, hmm. there's three of them. It'll be New hmm. Zealand, Tonga and Samoa. So uh, something needs to be done, and, and it will be a shame next year if we do lose it from the middle of the year because yeah. it's a good break. Like, I don't want to watch the Bulldogs and Tigers again. Like, mm. those are low-quality games. If we're watching State of Origin, I'm sure this New Zealand-Tongan game will be a pretty similar standard. Look at the differences in between the, the two footy codes. Like, NRL has this in the middle of the year, or as AFL players go off to Bali and get into all kinds of... <laughs> but I think it's... I think we've gone in... And we've seen it in BBL, and a lot of things, everyone's gone quantity. 
It's a, it's yeah. a quantity thing. We want more of we want more. We want more. You go and you come back to NBA, NBA Finals, NBA Finals. It's the best playing the best and people watch it. They want to see the best playing the best. Look at the, I would say, English Premier League and NFL in terms of yearly sporting codes, which have the biggest revenue return. So yep. Premier League, football is different because they've got, you know, you need to play a lot of yes. matches because you, you can play a lot of you matches. Can. NFL, they've just had games. this massive friggin' brouhaha about going from 16 to 17 games. games. So keep it, like, less is more. One thing that Super Rugby does right, yes, Super Rugby does do something right, it's over and done with by June. Yeah. So now it's time, okay, cool, we've Clear got Australia yeah. versus England coming up, and then we've got the Rugby Championship. So the Super Rugby is building up towards something. Yeah. What it seems to happen in Rugby League is... We get these games at the end of the season that don't mean much. And this year it's going to be even more so because the top eight's pretty much set. So this, the trend goes down, comes up for finals, and then well, back the, down again. The NRL internationals at the end of the year, they have a pro bowl feel to them. The NFL no, I think so. kind of like, oh, yeah, it's interesting, but does it really matter? We're just about to all go and sit in the beach or yeah. go and get warm or whatever. So anyway, uh, after the break, stick around on the Mowers Club. Get into our favourite segment. It is. Yeah, no. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. It's time for... Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. No, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. Expecting big things here, Davis. <laughs> you uh, usually come on off the long yeah. run after a week off. Have you got many this week? I have. Oh, I've got a couple. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Yesterday, last night, news, Dyson Daniels selected eight yep. in the uh, NBA draft. Good on him. Opening line in the news story about Dyson Daniels being selected by the New Orleans Pelicans to play NBA next season. Dyson Daniels is a young man that's put Bendigo on the map. Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Bendigo was founded 171 years ago. Long before Ricky Daniels made the decision to move from America to Australia Ricky. and settle in Bendigo and have three children, one of them named Dyson, and Dyson was born, Bendigo was already on the map for a very long time. It's an easy one to trot out, isn't it? That's a ridiculous one. It's stupid. Put it on the map. What? Because he plays basketball. He's all of a sudden, the whole township's on the map all of a sudden. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of people all of a sudden have a place to call home. Driving can find on a Google map. Driving west of Victoria going, oh, but I was just stumbled across. Didn't know this was here. Kid playing basketball. <laughs> wow. Look at that. We're on the map now. Great. Gold Rush didn't put Bendigo on the map. Yeah. Well, yeah. Put probably. all those signs up again. Bendigo Cup, Jayco Caravans. <laughs> all that sort of business. Me. Your turn. Yeah, no. Done a bit of travelling over the past month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, that, yeah, nah. So what? <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> it's your job. That was a funny one. There was a text here saying that, uh, I'll get back to that. Yeah. I understand it. I get the point of this, but in all my driving up and down the highways, the koala crossings. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, as much as we want to maintain <laughs> our wildlife, absolutely want to maintain our wildlife. I do not want to see or have to dodge any on the on the. But if you're doing a hundred, it's pretty hard to swerve around a big furry thing waddling its way across a, a road. 
Unfortunately. I, I just haven't seen any koalas <laughs> walking across them. I oh, know. Yeah, true. Like Is there an education thing there? Like, <laughs> for the koala to cross over? Yeah. It's like drunk driving. 30 years ago, everyone was doing it, but there was an education process put in place, and now it's a lot more less prevalent. Anyway. Yeah, so the koala crossings, that's a yeah, no. Yeah, nah. Speaking of driving, just a short one. Um, my son went for his peas this week and got them. So right. happy about that. But he did tell me the story of one of his friends who went for the peas test and you go into a designated car space near the service New South Wales Centre mm-hmm. where the said mm-hmm. instructor comes out and gives you the test. <laughs> He's backed out and <laughs> he failed his test within 10 seconds because he went out the entrance. <laughs> He exited the entrance. Oh, no. <laughs> he failed. He'd literally driven for 10 metres. And failed. And already failed. Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, 12 no. months of building up to that and getting the 120 hours and it's done after 10 seconds. Is it seven days you've got to wait? Is, there, is there a... I don't know. He put himself in the sin bin for a month <laughs> after that, wouldn't you? Do you know? Do you just stop there? <laughs> you just, to the instructor, just get out. <laughs> Get out. Dad, get back in. We're going home. Got another one? I've got another one. Mm-hmm. Again, what am I from the car? Because it's been so good. People that drive, and I think I've said this before, the people that drive, you're driving and you're getting to a, a set of lights or whatever to turn right, and you go left before you turn right. <laughs> you don't need to do that. <laughs> You're not driving a B double. Like, it's like, you're coming up and you just got to turn right. Indicator on right so and then just turn the steering wheel right. Opening up the angle. The, yes, you don't, you're not like Michael Max Schumacher. Verstappen. Max Verstappen, <laughs> you don't need to be doing racing lines. You don't yeah, need. Nah. You don't need to take the racing line. You don't need to. Oh, look at that. If I, unless you're dodging one of the 58 million potholes. Or a koala. Or a koala. <laughs> but they don't because they use the koala crossing. <laughs> yeah, true. They do. They use the koala crossing. No, they don't. You don't need to veer left before you turn right. Or vice, or vice versa. Paul Pogba. Yep. I'm aware has of a, him. Has a documentary Ooh. out at the moment. You know what it's called? What? The Pogmentary. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Again, you talk about this isn't another. All these hours of footage, and and you get to that, and you're like, oh, yeah, we've got all this great footage, and we're doing it, and we go, oh, yeah, it looks great. What are we going to call it? (laughs) It's like your driving test, 120 hours. Pogmentary. Oh, okay. No, I'm not doing it unless we call it Pogmentary. Was it him? The ratings? Yes. It's got the lowest ever rated show. In IMBD history, DB history, one out of ten. Oh, like one star. You're one star out of ten. Oh, no. Oh, uh, dear. Have you, are you done? Yeah, I do. There's another one. And again, I'm doubling down on a few here. There doesn't need to be a trophy for every game of football that is played at the moment. <laughs> oh, no, you've said this. I know, but it just, it just doesn't stop. <laughs> it doesn't stop. Out of control. Just let, just let the teams play. You don't need a ceremony. You don't need a medal or something. Just let them play. Yeah, nah.
Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Is it in one ear out the same ear? <laughs> or does it go through and out the other ear? I don't, even, I don't even think it goes through. I think it's just a rebound. What? Me? Yeah. About what? You do, your, man, do your job here. 0457 736 736. The text line. We'll get to the text in a moment. Yeah, good point if you want to call in. But uh, one man we're going to speak to right now is uh, NBA veteran. He now um, talks about basketball, thinks about basketball, writes about basketball for codesports.com.au and other things in life as well. Chris Anstey joins us right now. Chris, how are you, mate? Um, very well, man. It's been an exciting time with the NBA Finals, the NBA Finals, and of course, the draft is plenty happening. Draft indeed, yeah. So we'll get to that. It happened in the last 24 hours. So Dyson Daniels, young Bendigo kid, uh, selected eight. He went through the uh, system there in Canberra with the NBA Academy and the AAS system at the AAS, and then goes and plays the G League Ignite. So he didn't go the NBL route, which you can take as well to do – to. If you don't want to go college, you can do that for a year and then nominate for the draft. Are you surprised he's gotten top 10? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, we have seen him for the last number of years and clearly he's one year younger than Josh Giddy. But, you know, the last time those two competed uh, was at the under-20 Nationals pre-COVID and, you know, I was coaching the, the Victorian team and had Josh and, you know, we, we played against Dyson and those two were really... On, on equal footing and, and keeping in mind Dyson was a year younger. Now, Josh has gone and continued his development as Dyson has, but I don't think it's a surprise to many to, to see how high Dyson got drafted. And you know what? It, you mentioned the NBL pathway that Josh took and LaMelo Ball took, and that, that's a fantastic pathway. But you know, for, for Dyson, who maybe wasn't projected as going quite as high as those other two, you know, in his mind, his advice, I would imagine would have been to to get in front of as many NBA scouts in person, you know, at you know at the Ignite at the G League, just to make sure that they had all the information available. So clearly, the choice he made was right. And, you know, it's one thing. You know, I'm a massive advocate for the Next Stars program in the NBL, but it's not the best one for everyone. I think Dyson's just proved that you, know, you, you do have to take all consideration, all options into consideration, and. He's made the right choice, but I certainly expect him to have a really impactful first year, as Josh did. He's in a good program. He's in a the Pelicans would expect it to make the playoffs, and it's exciting for him. And it's, it's more than anything for, for us and the basketball and sporting public of Australia. It's very exciting to have two you know, high draft picks playing on two different teams at the same time. It's a wonderful period of time for Australian basketball. Does Dyson Daniels need to send Josh Giddy a thank you? Is the success of Josh Giddy the, the year before, does that, as you said, uh, when you can compare apples and apples and they play against each other, does that help him? Does, did that elevate him to the top 10 knowing uh, the team's going, well, look at this Josh Giddy kid, what he did? It, it doesn't hurt. Um, and, I, and I think Usman Dieng would be the exact same where, yeah, he ended up being drafted 11, had a season with the New Zealand Breakers where he struggled for probably three quarters of it, but his last month probably highlighted what he was capable of doing, and he got drafted 11. So, you know, two lottery picks out of the NBL Next Stars program this year is an incredible kick of approval for the program. Um, and you're right, Josh Giddy, you know, probably Josh ended up there and it was, was so successful because of the, the impact LaMelo Ball had. And, 
we'd had some before that. So certainly all eyes are on the, on the NBL at the moment. And even with the NBA putting together that Ignite team, almost recognising the threat of the NBL to college and to the G League, it probably speaks volumes as to, to how highly the NBA actually sees the NBL right now. Yeah, it's funny story that Dyson told with his first ever match for the Ignite team. So that this Ignite team, they travel around your, your second tier um, G League teams and, and play and whether it be exhibition games or full out games or, or whatever, they're, they're games. His first ever game, Chris, he remembered he kept on getting trapped. He couldn't even get the ball over half court. He was asked to, to bring the ball up. He couldn't even get over half court. He thought going there that he had all the tools and, you know, he'd come through the academy down there under Marty Clark down in Canberra and it was all s- smooth sailing to a point, gets over there and gets the massive wake-up call. So the, the kid's obviously got the ability to to learn and and work on his deficiencies quickly to make them better. Spot on. And again, that may very well have been the reason they chose that route is to give him access uh, to that level of athlete and one thing that is widely spoken about in the NBL with the kids who go through the next star program and one of the top reasons for choosing it is they get to play against men. They get to play against that level of strength uh, in a professional environment and don't need to have the, in their minds, distraction of one year of study. But what the NBL doesn't give those athletes is the level of speed and athleticism that you get in the G League and then in turn the NBA. That, that's one thing that we do fall a little bit behind the American system in. So for Dyson to, to understand that, to clearly have exposure to it early, he'll hit the NBA running uh, because he has had that six or eight months in the G League against that type of athlete. Now, they'll be more refined, of course, when he gets to the summer league and into the NBA. But you know, the best thing you can do, I've always said, is to put yourself on a court where you're one of the worst players on it, um, learn from seeing, touching and feeling the best, and he's done that. Hey, um, interested in the what he's about to walk into, though, Chris. You, you've lived this life of, you know, you get drafted, whole new world, come from the opposite side of the the planet and get over there. So the stuff that happens around the basketball in your first six months as a rookie in the NBA, uh, what's it like? You know, honestly, Dyson's been in the, in the country. He's been around it a little bit, but honestly... The, the biggest difference is genuinely the money. I mean, you're a, well, Dyson's a 19 year old kid. They're about to sign, he's about to sign a contract for about 20 million US dollars and he has access to almost anything he likes. And, you know, it's hard to teach experience to a young kid or, and, and Dyson's a very humble kid, but when you hand him millions of dollars, it can, it can change you a little bit. So what I do know, and, and even having spoken a little bit to Josh and his team, in the last 12 months as they'll be really responsible in that element and Dyson has the same manager as Josh so I'm sure the advice he's getting is sound um, the one thing I wasn't able to do in my career that Josh will be and I'm, I'm sure Dyson will be is to, to get that second contract because as great as those rookie scale contracts are if you're successful through it the, the next one's the one that you know for someone like Josh and Dyson um, can create generational wealth for, for both them and their family. So it's, that, that's the part to understand that it's still another, that there's still more to go. You, you haven't made it yet, um, but you're certainly well on the way. 
Chris, let's look through the rest of the draft. Not the whole draft because it does go for a long time. But for uh, <laughs> basketball NBA fans here in Australia, who are some of the names uh, and what teams did they go to and that can make an impact in the NBA straight away? Well, Pancho Bacero became the number one draft pick and he was widely regarded as being the third pick out of Duke, but more so because they were uncertain of his commitment, but certainly understood his level of talent. So what I think the Orlando Magic have done have drafted the most talented player, understanding there may be some teething problems, but they've got a very, very talented player at number one. Uh, Chet Holmgren, a seven-foot kid out of Gonzaga, um, teams up with Josh, Kitty, with Josh Kitty at Oklahoma City, and he's the exact type of player that they need. And, you know, it's, it's a really exciting thought to, to think about Josh Giddy with, with someone who's now who can finish at the rim that OKC didn't, another big who can stretch the floor to give Josh more space. And Usman Dieng, who we mentioned before from the break, has ended up with OKC as well. So really an NBL flavour. Uh, at Oklahoma City, and I, I suppose that the other two that are, that we should mention is Luke Travers, a Western Australian kid who's gone through the system and been playing for the Perth Wildcats, got picked up very late in the second round, and he'll go to Cleveland. Uh, so he gets his shot. He's not guaranteed a contract, but he'll get to summer league, and they'll get a very very close look at him, and perhaps stash him away for a year or two, either back in the NBL or somewhere in Europe or the G League. But Hugo Besson, another New Zealand breaker last year, um, didn't come through the Next Stars program, actually signed as an import and was taken with the very last pick uh, of the NBA draft. So four players direct out of the NBL into the NBL, or drafted into the NBA this year is, again, a, a massive stamp of approval uh, for the NBL and certainly gives basketball fans in Australia here you know, familiar faces to follow and support in the NBA. And there's more coming as well, having... Had a look they at really uh, what's going on in Canberra, Chris. There's uh, there's more on the way. No, there sure are. There's you know the under the under nineteen world championships start next week. There's a, a big kid named Rocco Zakarski who is very very special. Tyrese Proctor's another name you can you can jot down and keep an eye on. And just quietly, there's you know Dyson's done fantastic. Just a sneaky little watch. Just keep an eye on his little brother Dash. Um, yeah. very very good and then we may very well see two Daniels over there so uh, mention it already um, a very exciting era for Australian basketball and, and we haven't even mentioned as we always do when we speak NBA you know, Paddy Mills and, and the things he's done Joe Ingles still you know, when he comes yeah. back from injury representing the country over there so uh, very you know, great representation not only in the NBA but then every one of these young kids who's gone in and been drafted has publicly declared their desire, you know, to play for the Boomers moving forward and do what they can to be ready to play in, uh, in the 2024 Olympic Games. Just quickly, Chris, before we go, the New York Knicks. What? what <laughs> like, the New York they're a, Knicks. They're a parody. Wow. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, be very, very careful what you say there. Like their president's my very first agent and one of my very good mates. And just watch this space. Okay. Hey, those, that's why I asked those, the question. I just want to know. Those, uh, those moves that they're made, are, as you can probably tell with the, you know, they're creating space for something much bigger. So just, just watch this space with the Knicks. They won't... Uh, it will all make sense soon. There might be, what is there, a seven-foot guy in the area, maybe in the Brooklyn area that might be coming off? Yeah, anyway, we'll, um, yeah, we'll leave it open there. <laughs> no, there, there's a few others further west, but we'll see how it goes. Okay, cool. No worries. Uh, Chris Hansty, really appreciate your time, mate, <laughs> and um, filling us in on exactly 
what yesterday meant from an NBA draft perspective for Dyson Daniels and Australian basketball. Have a good Saturday. Thanks for having me, boys. You too. Chris Anstey, uh, former Boomer and NBA player. Uh, quickly on the text line, we are talking before about Darrells as well from the Greenkeeping Rooster. Uh, you are talking about the great Darrells. We forgot to mention the greatest Darrell of them all. Darrell Kerrigan. Tell him he's dreaming. From the castle. I am dreaming for not mentioning Charleston Sticks. <laughs> and Daryl Braithwaite. I should have mentioned Daryl Braithwaite. So some great Daryls around. Great Daryls. Uh, and great interview with uh, the Kiwi Tonga Test with Tony Kemp. Going to be a cracker. This is from Eels Muzz. Um, and so happy for our Kiwi and Islander brothers and sisters uh, have these games on today. We know how proud they are when their home country is playing. We wouldn't have such an amazing comp without those countries and players from those nations involved. Bring it on. Well said, Eels Mars. Off to a break. The winner of our Toro comp is on the way. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Well, what a competition it was. Thanks to Toro Mowers, proud sponsors of the Mowers Club. It was a great competition. Love just cutting the grass with whatever Toro product you can get your hands on. And uh, this competition ran for, what, three months, Gibbo? In your Keith Arthurton hat. In your Keith Arthurton Mowers Club merchandise hat. And, yeah, uh, Toro donated all these prizes for this great competition. Basically, you had to enter and say why... Um, you wanted to level up your mowing game. Yes. Why you want to level up? Why you wanted? Why you wanted to upgrade from your present Toro situation, or just get a new Toro? Get inside the Toro tent, so to speak. And this man is inside now. Aaron Lindsay is a winner of this competition, and he has won a personal pace mower valued at just over a thousand bucks and a Saturday morning mowers club merchandise pack. Uh, recommended retail price is about $42. But, <laughs> hey, it's it's not how much it costs. It's, it's what worth it is. more than that. It's, it's, there's what you pay, what you would have to pay for it, and then there's the, yeah. Now, Aaron uh, joins us on the line right now. Well done, mate. Congratulations. You're a winner. Thanks to Toro Mowers. Thank you very much, boys. Uh, I'm wearing the hat right now, actually, uh, the Saturday morning Mowers Club hat. Are you batting? Uh, <laughs> Left-handed? <laughs> I am a batting. Yeah. Building backward point. <laughs> no, nah, not quite. <laughs> now, uh, Aaron's entry, so you had to write what, why. Why? The why. And his was, my wife already says I love my lawn more than the kids. With a Toro, I can say now they come in at third place. <laughs> so, Aaron, this was for the purpose of winning the competition, which you have achieved that. But, yeah, I, I, I get what you're get, getting at here. You love your lawn, do you? Yes. Yeah, mate. Um, look, it's sort of a – I've got three young boys, and they uh, – if you've got kids out there, you'd know mm. – uh, Three boys under five can be quite a handful, and doing the lawn in, on a Saturday morning or or on the weekend is sort of meditative for me. I yeah. get out and just clear the air a bit. So um, I've started getting into it quite a bit, um, just using like hand-me-down sort of mowers and things like that that I've gained from like yeah. my father and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I saw the saw the ad pop up and I thought, oh, look, I'll give this a crack. So yeah, I'm uh, I was totally blown away that I actually actually won the thing, but I'm um, very appreciative of it as well. So. Outstanding. I love yeah, the theory but, of, the, um, of the kid just mowing the lawn for three hours like, and just with the, yeah. the what the earmuffs on and the wife screaming from inside and he, I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, listening to the mowers club, listening to Adam and Nick. I can't hear I've got the AirPods <laughs> in underneath the earmuffs and I can't hear you. She was actually there when I was riding the... Uh, Riding in the competition. Oh, and, it was um, nice to her then. Great. <laughs> yeah, she, she 
she said I could throw her under the bus and the kids. So um, nah, very supportive. It, it's sort of all in jest, but a little bit of truth in there as well. You so. obviously don't play golf because that would be that knock her down a couple more places behind yeah. the golf clubs and the. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yep. Yeah. No, um, wouldn't. I don't think I'd be allowed to do that. <laughs> I'd just like to say that the views and opinions of Nick Davis are not representative of everyone here at the Mowers Club. Uh, yeah, yeah. Morning, Rachel. Uh, with So with your cutting experience, so you do it once a week. I, I dare say with this Toro in prime and down there in Adelaide, it's a little bit later because it's a little bit of cooler climate. But in those stinking yep. hot summer days, you, you need to look after your lawn at the right time. So uh, you're going to be out there three times a week. Uh, yeah, mate. I, I've, I've like just I've put some new lawn out the front. Got it all. Uh, um, uh, What'd well, you put down? Garden and lawn. Oh, it's it's just old kikuya, mate. But mm. bit of a weed. Some people might think, but um, that's what was there. And to avoid it coming back in, I just left it there. But um, it's it's con- even in winter at the moment. It's once a week. It's growing pretty well. Uh, it's slowing down a bit now. But yeah, in summer probably three times, maybe even four, maybe. Yeah. Hey, when so, the Toro arrives, yeah. when the Toro arrives, so obviously you're letting your lawn grow at the moment because when the new Toro arrives, yep. you're just going to get out there and give it a good mow. And then the, the best news is for neighbours either side and across the road, they're probably going to get a knock on the door as well to say, listen here, <laughs> I've got this brand new Toro personal pace mower. Uh, let me uh, it, it, just stay inside and let just watch me go to work. That's it. That's it. I've got a neighbour across the road uh, who I'm quite friendly with, and he comes out when I'm on. And um, up the road as well is a is an actual landscape gardener, and he keeps mentioning I need to slow down, otherwise I'll put him to shame. Mm. So uh, with the with the Toro man, I think I'll I'll have to do everyone on the street. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron Lindsay, congratulations on winning uh, the competition. Really appreciate the entry as well, and thanks for being part of the uh, Toro Mowers uh, competition on the Mowers Club. No worries, boys. My pleasure. Um, thank you to SEN and Toro as well. I appreciate it all. No worries. Uh, enjoy the new mower heading your way. Yeah, all thanks to Toro Mowers, 100 years of innovation. And uh, he's right. It's looking a little dormant now. That I think we're now into just all chill out. But I was thinking about it the other day. Like It's only a couple of months and then we're back into growing season. We'll talk about it in the last Exciting. hour. The, the new toys that you get that you're really looking for. Like, a mower's got to be up there, yeah. doesn't it? New driver. New driver. That I've bought and spent a lot of money on and not used. <laughs> Never swung it. Anyway, uh, such is life. Uh, last hour on the way of the Mowers Club, Brent Tate to talk a bit of origin after the break. The and Lord's plenty back. more sport as well. Uh, back in a moment on the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, back for hour three of the Mowers Club. After that uplifting, feels good giving, doesn't it, Nick Davis? Yeah. Yeah. A mow would be a good thing. Aaron Lindsay getting the Toro But you get the, the the new Toro, right? Mm. And you unwrap it and you cut the lawn the first time and then you're dusting every little bit of, bit, bit of grass off it. And then mm. the second and third and fourth, at what stage do you like, does the, you know, let oh, it go. Oh, just yeah. like, oh, yeah. And then. Yeah, well, that's the, that's 
what a mower needs to look like. It needs to look like it's cut lawn. Yeah, it's got to be brand new for the first probably three cuts. You're doing everything to tidy it up, and then after it, you just let it start to. After the first one, let it go. It's not a Ferrari. It doesn't need to look it great. It is. It's a Toro. It's a Toro. It's just like it it's a Ferrari to... of lawnmower. It is, but it, it still the is same underneath. Color? It doesn't matter if it's got grass clippings all over it. No, I reckon the first. Anyway, on uh, waiting on the line, wondering what the hell he's got himself Listening into right this. now, uh, is Brent Tate, who's joining us now, a Queensland Origin legend, played over 20 games for Queensland and Australia and a stack of games in the NRL, and he's joining us ahead of tomorrow's Origin 2 over there in Perth, where somehow New South Wales are favourites after making seven changes and getting beaten in game one, and that's from a proud New South Welshman, Brent Tate. Does it make sense to you that Queensland aren't favourites for this one? No, not really, mate. I think that's just standard and core of the past. It's state of origin. New South Wales always start favourites, and uh, we're the underdogs, just how we like it. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a good one come Sunday. I think Queenslanders are setting this market, actually, well, for top, that very purpose. Top sport is based in Queensland. Based Queensland's they? own. Australian, proudly, Australian, proudly Queensland. Yeah. But, uh, Brent, how do, let's just look back. Origin 1, look from the Queensland side, did it? Did it go how you thought? Uh, look, Cam, it was obviously really good, Cam Munster and, and the rest of the guy. I thought probably the, the move and was Valentine Holmes is the best winger ever. Hey, hey, hey. And, uh, no, he, like, he's, uh, his best position is wing. And yeah. when he had to go and play wing, there was the, the change in the game. He's not the best winger ever. Well, he's pretty close. I like him. Uh, hey, let's just not get caught up in fact here. Sorry, Brent. Yeah, you can talk now. We'll <laughs> finish our little tip. No, you're all right, guys. No, no. Um, oh, look, it did go the way I thought. Uh, you know, it's obviously state of origin in the first game. They're always really tight, and they usually free up, you know, the second and third game, which I'd expect to see um, come this Sunday in Perth. But it was a wonderful game. I thought the speed of the game was awesome. Um, it's one of the, you know, had us on the edge of our seat the whole game. And, uh, you know, I think this second game will certainly open up and we'll see a lot more excitement, I'm, I'm sure. And, um, you know, Val's been outstanding all year for the Cowboys and he carried that form into the origin. And um, when he did make that move um, to the wing, you know, not only were his carries great, he made some great defensive plays that really, uh, I, I guess, saved the day for Queensland. So he's been in, in great form. And, and he's going to need to be again, um, you know, come Sunday because New South Wales have picked a, a better side, I feel, um, especially with Abby Coruscant coming into the starting side and Damien Cook on the bench. So it's going to be, uh, you know, they'll improve and, and Queensland will have to improve as well. Nathan Cleary copped it after game one. Uh, his fault, that was the thought of a few New South Wales fans. He said last night on the news, it was my fault. Brad Fittler saying, it wasn't your fault, Nathan. Nathan was saying, yes, it was. What do you reckon? Who's Did he have that bad a game? Well, look, by his lofty standards, he probably wasn't at his best. But the... the the one thing about Nathan Cleary is, is he is a class act and he can't keep class down for long. So, um, you know, he'll have a big game come this second game. And, um, you know, look, he wasn't at his best and his kicking game wasn't great, but, you know, he was certainly kicking off the back foot and under a lot of pressure from the from the Queensland Ford pack. So, um, you know, look, as I said, New South Wales are going to really lift and improve because they're hurting and they're stinging and that they it's a must-win game for them. So there's definitely going to be improvement there and, that's going to be the challenge for Billy Slater is to get, you know, the Queenslanders up because, you know, in the second game when you've won the first one, um, regardless of how you go in it and how you feel it, they're, they're really difficult to win because the other side just has that touch more hunger. So, um, you know, that's going to be the challenge. But, you know, he's done a great job so far, Billy. Um, and I, I, I do feel as though, um, you know, the environment that he's created is, is, a, is a great culture and, 
they'll be right up for it to Queenslander. So, mate, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Queensland, Brent, where do they technically change? You, you just mentioned they're going into game two. Uh, and, and any of the series, you look at NBA and any sort of finals or any series that there is where you have uh, multiple games, there needs to be changed. Yep, obviously, Queensland will be very happy with game one. What does Billy come into camp? What, what would his message have been for game two? Technically, where do they need to improve to make sure they can try and win again? Uh, I think they're going to have to try and really negate New South Wales wrestle um, in the ruck because they've basically come out and you know accused the referees of letting Queensland lay all over them and win the ruck. So I think he's going to have to create a game plan where he's going to have to move the ball around and, and really test them on the edges so they can get those quick play the balls because it is so important. So, um, you know, I, I think they'll have to change their game plan a little bit. Uh, but... I heard Billy Slater say during the week they just need to improve. You know they don't need to change anything. They just need to you know continue to improve in the in the in the areas that they were really good at. So um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think the loss of Ruben Cotter is, is a is a big one for us. He, he was fantastic in the in the first game. He's been in great form and he, he really sort of stiffens up the middle of the ruck. So we're gonna gonna really miss Ruben Cotter, but. Um, you know, a couple of other guys get their chance in the starting side, Lindsay Collins, which I'm excited about. He was great in game one as well. So, yeah, mate, there's plenty to look forward to. And, you know, as I said, I, I think both teams will improve. And if they do, we're going to have one hell of a game on our hands. Brett, do you enjoy and like uh, the concept of Origin going around to, to Perth or Melbourne, wherever it may be? Or are you, or do you like the Sydney-Queensland, uh, Sydney-Brisbane? no. No, no, I always really enjoyed playing. I played a couple in Melbourne, um, and I really enjoyed it going to a different place, uh, a neutral venue. I think, you know, it gives everyone around the country a chance to view it. It's usually, you know, the hottest ticket in town wherever you go. Um, so, mate, I, I like the fact that they're, they're taking it to different places and different markets, and, you know, people are embracing it in Perth. They embrace it in Melbourne. And, mate, it's just a great concept, State of Origin footy, and it just gets, you know... Some people say, you know, the sting's gone out of it and the hatred. Well, it probably has, but it's still a great game to watch. And we saw that in the first game. Like, that, that's as good a game as I've seen in a long, long time. And that's what happens when you get 17 of the best players in the country uh, up against one another. Uh, we've just got a couple of texts on the text line here, Brent, for you. Um, all three of them actually are from Scott from Varsity Lakes. Uh, he's asking why you regard your try in game three, 2006, more important than Darren Lockyer's, but no one will listen to you. This from Scott, not me. <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, well, it's a bit of a running joke. I get really angry because Darren Lockyer scored the winning try. Um, and my try got forgotten about, mate. So I get a bit dirty about that, but, um, you know, that, that's what happens. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that that whole series, though, was um, it was a really special series in all seriousness. They uh, they kicked off the eight series wins that we had, so um, it was a really really special night that one, mate. And I always uh, I always tell everyone that wants to listen, and no one ever does it. That my try was way more important than Darren Lockyer's, but no one cares, mate. No one cares. Yeah, I think Scott from Varsity Lakes from memory played a game of footy where he made this tackle and he ran down a winger, and then in the same game, a guy called Luke Prittis had this unbelievable Clive Churchill winning medal. Um, performance, but Luke gets none of the plaudits, and Scott from Varsity Lakes get all all the plaudits for that just one action during the match. But anyway, that's that's by the by. He um he also asks, uh, you just walk down a pathway and randomly find lavender and makes you smell it. Why do you do that? Uh, now I know the Scott you're talking about. Mate. Uh, yeah, well I'm pretty sure that's Scott Sattler, mate. Um, as soon as you said. 
soon as he said tackle, I knew exactly what he was talking <laughs> about. He, mate, he's the only bloke that introduces himself as Scott Sattler made the tackle in the grand final. <laughs> 220, 220 steps, 76 minutes, um, 30 seconds. You should know me. That's how he introduces himself <laughs> to most people. So, uh, mate, he's he he's not a bad fella, Scott. He, yeah, he, he's okay, mate. He, um, we did walk down the street one day, and I love my plants. And uh, there was a bit of lavender there, and we were we were walking, and we stopped, and I rubbed rubbed the lavender in my hand. <laughs> I got Scott to sniff it, and it was just quite a moment when we sat down and stopped, and uh, here we are in the middle of Sydney, and he's sniffing lavender out of my hands. It was quite, a, quite a beautiful moment, guys. Well, it's, um, <laughs> lavender does calm the senses. It is, a, it is a calming agent, so Scott perhaps needed yes. it after going yeah, around. And well, he, he mentioned something about a Greg Bird punch as well when you, you punched him in the head if it was one of your favourite origin moments. I'll, I'll, I'll add to that one from Scott from Varsity Lakes and ask, you, you mentioned before about the, the tactics, and through the week we heard about Liam Martin being a a grubby so-and-so for New South Wales. The Courier Mail did a job on him, didn't they? Um, who is the grubbiest player that you've played against? Oh, Greg Bird, mate. What country <laughs> Jeez, you, you want to think about that for a second? The funny, the funny thing is I hated Birdie when I played him. I could not stand him. And he's one of the greatest blokes you'll ever meet, Birdie. <laughs> Absolutely love him. He's a champion fella. But, mate, he would grab the, grab the, grab the squirrel grip. He'd give it a screw. He'd... Poke you, punch you, prod you. He's just an absolute grub, mate. But one of the great blokes, Birdie. And, uh, yeah, he's just a, a legend of a fella. But, God, I hated playing against him. I hated him. <laughs> Passion. God, I hated him. But he was so, he, he was good, too. He was a hell of a player, mate. But tough as nails and filthy. Filthy bloody blue. <laughs> it needs more. I know we can't go out and punch people anymore. But if game one didn't have any of that. I'm glad that it's back into the media. Uh, Brent... Your prediction for this game, score, outcome, I want to know, what do you think? Mate, I, think, I, think I think I know who you think is going to win, but <laughs> yeah, give me a score. Yeah. Okay, mate, I, I think it'll be a bit more free-flowing. I think there'll be some more points. So I'm going to say 22, I'm going to say 26-18 to Queensland. I think we're going to see some tries. They usually open up in the second game, and I'm going to go man of the match. I'm going to go Kalen Ponga. I'd love to see him really dominate at this level, mate. I think he's ready for it. Um, he was good in the first game, but I reckon he's, he's ready to explode at this level. So I'm going to go KP, MOM, Queensland win. The, the, the thing I love about this chat, Brent, was you're very magnanimous at the top of it and, you know, open-minded about the, the, the game as a contest. And by the end of it, you were saying filthy bloody blue. So, yeah, we led you down honest, that path. You, start, you did, but it doesn't take much, mate, to be honest, because <laughs> I do hate them. I do dislike them. Um, it's purely, you know... At that, when it's this time of year, they're, they're just a bunch of gooses. And Liam Martin's a grub. Greg Bird was a grub. Scott Sattler, even though he's a Queenslander, he's a grub. Everyone's a grub today, mate. God damn. Let's get into it. Brent Tate, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, good luck to Queensland tomorrow, but I hope you lose. Go the Maroons. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you. Brent Tate joining us uh, for a lively discussion about origin uh, tomorrow. Tathra Eagle on the text line 0457 736 736 as well. Hello, boys. Today's games will be great with the international games, but the majority of these Pacific uh, players are born in Australia, never played league in their ancestral homeland. Um, well, it's pretty hard to play in Tonga if you're living in Western Sydney. Anyway, um, they're just not yeah, uh, not overly happy, uh, the Tathra Eagle, over the, about the fact that it could make... Um, you know, the uh, the international game too big when really should it be that big? That's what he's saying. Mm. It's Tarthra as well. Tarthra. Oh.
Tesra, Tesra. 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 Tathra, gee, mm. it's good surfers from down in Tathra. I thought you'd know that, being a big surf fan. No, I don't. But I do now. Good for me. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Time to welcome back from topsport.com.au, uh, Lord Sir Tristan... He's just Tristan because he's a Queenslander for Merlahino. Actually, he's not because I'm going up there to stay, so he's the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he was, and then he wasn't, and then he is again. I need a bed made. Hey, Lord. <laughs> Hello again. That was a very short tenure. So, yeah. no, how are you going, <laughs> Yes, good. good I don't week. need breakfast, so you don't have to worry about stocking up. Just stock up the fridge for our refreshments, please. Yes, no, that's good because I need to learn how to cook if you want a breakfast. So, no, we're, we're good then, all on the same page. So we're talking before with Brent Tate about how Queensland were uh, are outsiders for a game that they're 1-0 up, uh, for a series that they're 1-0 up in already and they're playing over there in Perth and New South Wales made seven changes. And also, well, how many markets have you got up for this game before we really get rolling yeah, here, Tristan? We've got 400 up and we've got an option now on all of our socials, Facebook and Twitter, where punters can request their own markets. So I'm just trolling through that at the moment. We're gonna have, so oh, we're going to have another 50-odd up stuff in the in next... There. Uh, <laughs> there will be some random stuff in there. So uh, I'm just waiting for the other market when Queensland get their first flu because that should just elevate the price a little bit. Oh, further no. The, the, the boys on the floor at Top Sport would be so right. HR department, which is... <laughs> I think it's me at topsport.com. I'm going to be fielding <laughs> <laughs> absolute... <laughs> From the boys going, this is request our own market. With um, <laughs> with the Grub Martin, uh, is there a market for... Who punches him? No, who gives away the first penalty. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, there's a Sydney market. Unfortunately, we can't put that one actually on the site, but I reckon it'll be a good one to have. And there's been a little, few little requests about it. But yes, there's uh, there's certainly been a bit of uh, talking point just scrolling through a few of those markets now. There's been a lot of interest... Uh, in, in uh, as you say, Grub Martin. Even though he's a very proud Penrith man, I can't really call him a no. What about a Teddy's ass day? falling out of his shorts? <laughs> <laughs> you've got a, have you got a line? Two and a half? <laughs> Teddy's elastic gives way. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half minutes, is that, that the uh, that the line? No, it? no, the, the amount of times it happens during the game that he's, <laughs> yeah. the moon think, comes out. I, I, I think that is. Uh, I think you go overs, and I think two and a half minutes when the first one occurs is a good, is a good number to be setting it at as well. I reckon it could be very early in the game. What is it, Nick? You're at the Roosters there. What is, what he doesn't train for shorts? it. Normally when I kick bombs <laughs> to him at training, he's short staff. It's not, it's not some training for it. Yeah, it's not a training thing. It's hard to... Oh, it's well. hard to anyway. Brings life to the game, doesn't it? Uh, what stands out for you about the state of origin markets, Tristan? Anything you'd, you'd like to point out for the, the punters 400, out there? <laughs> Just yeah. peruse your 400 markets yeah, at topsport.com today. All right, well, number one, we'll go one through three, 390. But uh, no, we'll, uh, the one that's always the most popular um, is the player of the match, and Nathan Cleary. He is now a clear favourite by himself. Uh, he's $6, Cam Munster 7 obviously on the back of New South Wales shortening. Cam's just drifted a little bit. Teddy, uh, our man Teddy, maybe the double over two and a half uh, pants and uh, and win man of the match is at $7.50. I think he'll certainly get that if he gets the man of the match. DCE, $10. And Isaiah Yo, I reckon he's a bit of value there at $11. He just does all the hard yards of there to win. He'll need to have a big game, I suggest. So that's one of the good ones. Um, 
our same game multi options are always very popular yeah. in this and the to score a try is always the one the punters jump into. You got two two oh and two poo both at two ten. Cobo and Tuolungi, the shortest of the Queenslanders, two thirty and two fifty. Um, I think Valentine Holmes for yeah. Queensland fans, he's three three dollars forty. Seems a lot bigger price than the other ones in the market. I think he's uh, I think he's a really good chance of, of going over. So he'd be the one I'll be looking at. I reckon Ted will score too. You got Ted there, I reckon he'll score. Yeah, Teddy. Well, he is uh, he is two fifty, so yeah, he's, cool. uh, he's, uh, he's a really good price. There, we've actually got a little uh, a little special market up. Teddy to score a try and get man of the match and, and pants <laughs> and, and pants. Yeah, and well, that goes without saying. So, uh, that one that one's up there as well, which is uh, twelve dollars about him to score a try and be man of the match. So, um, if you if you're a big Teddy fan, then a special market there for you. Across yeah. the Dutch, have you got a uh, the king of Dak? Have you got a market there for the the, uh, the test match this afternoon? Yeah, well, I'm thinking about putting up a market, which uh, is the biggest crowd-supported uh, side in this game in New Zealand, because I think they're going to oh. be out in numbers from the Tongan side of things. So, mm. um, and it's a dollar twenty-four New Zealand, four twenty Tonga. Eleven mm. and a half is the line. I'm looking forward to the two nations facing off with their Haka just before that yep. game kicks off as well. It'll be uh, be good viewing. So the Moa Cook Islands one, maybe not such an excitable betting affair, that one. The line's out to 36.5, that one. But the PNG game, I, I cannot wait for that tonight. I think PNG's a big chance of causing an upset. 375 plus 8.5 against Fiji. We've got a very good side too, $1.27. Mm, interesting. Um, World Cup. I just want to switch focus to that just quickly. You want me to talk about that one or get Adam to uh, get uh, to run through that one? No, I'm going to go out to the putting thing and try and be there. So the gr- to get out of the group of death oh. that the Australians are in. To get on the plane, let's get them on the plane first. <laughs> so France, Denmark, Tunisia, Australia, to get out of that group. And they cross over with Argentina's group. That'll be interesting. Messi v yes. the Socceroos in the second round. We'll take it. Take it right now as we sit here right now. To progress from the group, chances for Australia? Uh, it'd be trouble, but we, we'll, <laughs> we'll give it a red-hot shot. Um, the, the winner of the group is France at $1.40. Australia's $20 to win the group. Uh, we're $5 to get out of the group. Tunisia, $4. So we're actually 4 when we originally put up the market, but uh, our brave traders here yeah. have... Uh, Already drifted. We $2.50 to get out of our own half. <laughs> 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 I'm actually just seeing you market last updated by N Davis, the move from $4. Yeah, to, wait till I spend a week up there. Wait till you see the soccer <laughs> markets when I spend a week up there in a couple of weeks. It's going to be very interesting. But, you know, that's probably – has there been – once the groups have come out, Tristan, everyone – has there been – have the, the punters rallied for anyone in the in the total, in the the winning of the World Cup market? Yeah, it's been a few little – like, I, I think – the big punters will probably hold off until the squads have been announced, and really, like the the main chances have have already qualified and known their groups for a while. So even though obviously there's some excitement around the Aussies making it, that probably hasn't changed the dynamic in terms of betting too much. But we have put all of the uh, the first round of matches up already on the site, so we've uh, we've got to work early there, where the opener opening match is Senegal Netherlands, where Netherlands a dollar sixty five, Senegal five fifty, and three sixty five. But the most important game, as we know, is Australia against France, and uh, Aussies are nine dollars in that game to win. Six fifty the draw, and France a dollar twenty five. So uh, work cut out for us in game one. But um, as Nick texts me very early in that morning, it's just great to be there <laughs> <laughs> on the bandwagon. Argentina to win it. Early tip. Argentina to win it. 
What are they? They are fourth pick at $9. So, you had uh, a yeah, big, did that ever come to fruition? You had a big tip in something. Italy, Euros. Has that happened? Yes. And the, and did the they win? Girls World Cup. Yes. Yes. They did very, win. Uh, did they? Or was it Italy the won the Euros at 12s. I think you had them up, Tristan, before the tournament. Yep. I, I tipped them a week before the tournament, and I've had a little tipple around the place. Uh, is it the female World Spain. Yeah, that the was female the World Cup. That the Matildas the actually play Spain tomorrow morning with a not a second string lineup, but without some of their their best players like Sam Kerr and Kai Simon and the like. Um, but Spain were in some markets thirty one dollars, and I reckon they're single figures right now because everyone's caught on to the fact that um, you're they're pretty bloody it. good. So yeah, well, you're, you're leading the charge there. So mm. very good. We might have to. I, I was going to suggest, but I, I think you might not want that to occur. I was going to suggest maybe close to the time we put that as our uh, charity bet, but that might no, that won't be happening. Will not be happening. Before we get to our charity <laughs> bets, Lord, quickly let's run through the AFL. Uh, Saturday's games are very, very good. Let's start with second v fifth. Uh, the Fremantle Dockers travel to uh, Melbourne to play Carlton. Yes. No. Well. A great card of uh, games today, and I'm very happy we don't have to see Essendon or West Coast for another 10 days. <laughs> that game was horrible last night, and uh, our putters uh, loaded up on Josh Kennedy to score five goals. So a uh, very, uh, very frustrating event, but we've got six teams that can actually play uh, today, which is good to see. And we've got Carlton at 2.25, Fremantle at $1.68, and five and a half the line. Geelong and Richmond cannot split them at a dollar ninety-two. Take your pick. Mm. And then what about this game to finish, Nick? Uh, you'll be out there. I'm I will sure, be. Yeah, 20... for AFL Nation, Sen. I'll be there with Phil Pryor and Leon Cameron. Yeah. Uh, in, in Good luck box. to Leon and Phil getting a halftime sausage roll. <laughs> <laughs> having seen what happens. <laughs> I think this game, uh, as, as much as the Swans are going to very well, I think maybe the market's overreacted to the Saints' uh, disappointing effort last start. It's 139, 305 and 16 and a half the line. I think this is going to be a really good game tonight as well and probably a little bit tighter than the betting indicates. But, yeah, three very high-quality games on the uh, on the card today to warm us up for Origin tomorrow. Indeed. Uh, now it's time for, well, Nick can delve into his wonderful mind and come up with... Now, on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club, it's time for Nick's Stupid Multi. What are you, stupid? What's the matter with you? Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Are you crazy or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid as a stupid does, sir. Again, the stupidity sometimes finds its way in... uh... In a way, I'm not sure where the stupidity is, but there'll be stupidity in here somewhere. Uh, I'm going to go on the tennis. My learned friend here, who's been uh, to Wimbledon many, many times, as he like, likes to let us know, many, many times. Uh, how many? What was that? Nine. Nine times? Nine times. The I nine times you going to Wimbledon nine times. Nine times. Uh, I'm going to be patriotic. Uh, I'm not going to take all of the Australians in the, in the first round, but I'll take a few of them. Uh, I'll take... Uh, Nick. Nick is very short. He's a dollar oh five or something, but it's just fun to have him in there. He'll probably get this is probably where the stupidity comes into it. So I'll have Nick curious. Uh, I'll have friend of the show, Jordy Thompson. I'll have him to win uh, in the first round. Tanasi Kokonakis. I'll take him to get through the first round. Who's he playing, Adam? The cock. He's playing a Polish gentleman. A Polish whose gentleman. Name. We'll just... That's fine. Well, well, I can't even get Tartha right, so... That's fine. No hope with that name. And uh, I'll take our friend, is it Alexi Poprin? Is that his, is that his name? Alexi Poprin. Yep. I'll take those four, thanks, in uh, to 
progress to the second round of the Wimbledon Patriotic of the Championship. Multi. There'll be stupidity yeah. in there somewhere. What does that come up to, Lord? Well, the stupidity, I think, is the patriotic, the, the patriotic nature of this and then the unpatriotic nature about the Socceroos. But uh, we get mm. the uh, the four mm. legs there, and it works out at $3.50. Oh, I like so, that. Um, yeah, Popperin, Kokonakis, Kyrgios, and Jordan Thompson. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that as we get into round one for Wimbledon in the next couple of days. And uh, shout out to the Joe Pride stable <laughs> out there at Warwick Farm. <laughs> we just had a flight breakdown. Uh, still time it. to scratch your runner. Uh, <laughs> I hope you haven't got the horse yet, Joe, onto the M5 to bring it up from the farm up to Randwick for uh, the Civic Stakes in race eight today. Taxu. Um, Taxu. Yeah. It's uh, unfortunately right, well, no hope now with 100 on. <laughs> I'm actually looking. I've got a little smile on my face as I'm entering this uh a charity bet because at the moment it is our worst way. It's been very, very well back. So I'll tell the traders to open their shoulders and, uh, and let them on for double. But, uh, put it out to $20. <laughs> but, uh, we'll put that on. And uh, as I said, certainly very well backed early in the morning. So uh, the punter, you might, might be on the right wavelength here, Adam. So um, that's on race eight, number 11, taxi. <laughs> yes. Joe's just crushed the float. <laughs> um I'm being told there's a couple of tips on here. Uh, actually, Morfittville races today, race nine, number 14. This from Rooster Muzz. Uh, all hardwood each way, apparently. And this is addressed to myself, Davo and Gibbo uh, from Rooster yeah, Muzz. So thank you for that. Um, so uh, that's uh, race nine, number 14. And Greg from Gundagai has chimed in once again with a tip at Randwick, Tristan, today. It's the Annabelle Nisham trained mare by the name of... Tama here, uh, number one in... Uh, race eight, number one. Race eight, number one. First up, massive one, overs yeah. at $19, apparently. Uh, Greg and Merv all over it. Well, Greg, uh, make sure you jump and get a Top Sport account there because wherever you're getting your 19, you can get 26 with us. So uh, we got okay. it up there at 26. Always the best odds at topsport.com.au. <laughs> always the best odds. Always the best at Top Sport. Uh, Tristan, thank you for that. Much appreciated and uh, have a good afternoon. Yeah, speak to you soon, guys. Speak to you next week. Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au. Uh, welcome back to <laughs> SEN. What? 11.70, the Mowers Club. <laughs> Saturday morning. Great to have your company. Uh, we're going to try something here. We've got oh, – usually when we – This worries me. We've got the rundown and Don't things worry. move. Like we've got Brent Tate late this morning, so that segment had to oh, be shuffled. You've got to be fluid. <laughs> you've got to be fluid. <clears throat> Fluid's an Bruce enthusiasm. Lee, be water. <laughs> be water. <laughs> So, Gibbo's just come up with this. It's a very good idea. So, we've got four segments up our sleeve at the moment. We, we don't have time for all four. So, who are we going to choose? How are we going to prioritise? Push crunch time back in our... <laughs> How about no? <laughs> um, <laughs> no! <laughs> so, we've got Gibbo to find us the SEN chocolate wheel. Chucky wheel. In the back, uh, out the back there. He's wheeled it in here to the studio. He's going to hit go now and see where it lands on our four. So, Hit it, Gibbo. So we've got the four options here on the chockey wheel. Gonna right. give it a big spin. Right. Around the socials, do yourself a favour. Draft, chat or honesty session, it lands on. Ooh, Monday A-grade's just missed out. Well, lucky. We don't want to take there. Honesty Thunder. session. 
Honesty session. Ooh, this it's is in, a tough uh, one. Hang Nick. on, yeah, it's a tough one because it's in my contract <laughs> that I never have another one of these again. <laughs> no, I'm the world record holder for honesty sessions at the Sydney Swans, and it's in my contract at SEN that I do not do on it. <laughs> Paul Ruse is not here. That dude from winning teams who changed the <laughs> leading teams, leading teams or whatever it was that ruined captaincy forever. In Did r- you see Jude's things? At yes, the, uh, I saw that. Do you reckon I was in the six to ten that pulled their weight? So on social media, before we get into <laughs> yeah. social, uh, before we get. The honesty session. On social media through the week, you Jude Bolton it. put up a letter that he found from 2004 yeah. with Ruzi having a go at the players at the mm. Sydney Swans for basically uh, not not following what the coaches were trying to tell him to get the most out of themselves. That's all he wanted, the most out of him, themselves mm. for the players. But there was an exception. There was about six to ten players who were putting in the whole time. Yeah, that was me. I reckon there's more chance of me playing centre forward for France against the Socceroos in the opening World Cup game than you being in that six to ten. I, I went back and I delved. Yeah, undelved. Delved for the start of the 2004 se- season yeah. to try and get a little bit of context to see if it was probably my fault. Yeah, it probably was. But in round one yeah. of that season, halfway through the second quarter against the Brisbane Lions, I had four goals on the board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, see, 2004 starting swimmingly for the Sydney Swans and Nick Davis. When did this letter go out? Round six. Okay. What happened in round five and six to Nick Davis? Uh, Two touches? So, just after the fourth goal in Brisbane, when he kicked the fourth goal, I tore the hip flex off the bone. Oh. So, I missed a few weeks and then I came back. So, it wasn't your fault. Uh-uh. It wasn't you. Uh-uh. Who would have been in the goody two-shoes corner? Is Kirky. It? Brett Kirk. Yep. Um, Jude would have been in there. But he said it wasn't, but Jude was in there. Crouchy, he would have been doing everything. Yeah. Um, who else was in that team? Who was bludging? I don't know. Uh, you don't want to be me. You don't want to bus, put him under the bus? No, I don't know. Honestly, session. I didn't care. I didn't care. How, how do you reckon you performed, Nick, on your return to the microphone this morning? Gibbo, you can chime in here. Pretty good. Gibbo? Yeah, solid. Solid return, Nick. Yeah, pretty good. You'll be better for the run. Mm. You know, you've had a few weeks off, but... Look, first hour, really strong, Nick. I, I was thinking when you were going through the week in review, I was thinking, wow, this is why he gets paid the big bucks. This is why he's here. Huh? Didn't he have a big go? Oh, at one of the, yeah. Usually, the, it, it's a awesome. little flippant, his thoughts. No, nah, there was a few but of those. That was it, strong. It, 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 annoyed, it, it annoyed me. It like editorial-like on an ABC <laughs> program. Usually, I have to pick through the waffle to try and pick out the best bits to say, oh, yeah, look, guys, we've got a very serious sports show here on a Saturday morning. And it, mm. it's, it's hard sometimes, but Nick, you gave me plenty there. So, well done. Well done Thank for you. your first hour. Yep. The rest, you know, not bad as well. I think from, our guests have been very good. Yeah, they have. From my point of view, I've tried to stay off my phone more. Look, I, I yeah. have been on my phone a bit, but mainly for research purposes, I swear. Yeah. Like checking if Brent Tate did score in 2006 in that game three to back up the question from Scott from Varsity Lakes. Yeah. No, I, look, first hour again, phone, but that's okay. Look, I feel like it's one of those things as a producer or a button pusher, I need to just get through my head. Mate, players are going to play up, hmm. but that's okay. Now, guys, look. Be honest. Be honest with me. Too yes. much talking. My word count's probably a little higher than usual. No, no, today. no, no. Fine with that. Just the, the prep, Gibbo. Sending us a message at seven thirty this morning to say we need a guest. It's probably a little Ooh. late as we're just about to hop into the car. Well, I am glad you raised this, Adam. I am glad you raised this, and I'm glad the listeners can be in and the curtain has been lifted because look. I basically ask you guys who you want to talk to. You yeah. want to talk to whatever you want to talk to. 
I'll go out and do the hard yards. Obviously, you guys have been in the media for, Adam, you nearly 20, 30 years. Nick, 10, 20 years as well. So Especially you guys got the, you guys on got radio. The, yeah. I'm the Tony Armstrong of radio. <laughs> so you guys have got the connection. So look, I'll, I'll let you guys get some guests because you guys are going to get the big names. And then a few days go later, nothing's really been done. And I say, all right, boys, mm. I better get to work. And I put together a list like this. Well, we did want to get Tony Armstrong today, but he's got a contract with the ABC. So, Well, I'm not sure that that makes it he can't come on. But anyway. Okay. Okay. So, yep, yeah, preparation. Yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> Having worked for the ABC, they weren't. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that was their on- our honesty session. I hope you uh, got something out of it or haven't switched off the radio. <laughs> Here it goes again. So around the socials, do yourself a favour or a little NRL draft chat. Gibbo, where'd it land? I think on the NRL draft chat. Okay. So here's Gus Gould, 100% footy through the week. His take on... Um, this situation could we ever see the NRL in uh, in future years have a draft again? And I think the way that the league has gone about its expansion project is absolutely amateurish, in the extreme. There's no draft. There's no salary cap dispensation. There's no draft choices. When they put GWS into Western Sydney, the advantages and the amount of investment they put in those to make the new franchise work was incredible. We've got no plan to bring a new team in, right? We get, we we hand it to Redcliffe and say, well. Catch and kill your own. You go and get your own. Firstly, they needed two years if they're going to do it this way. They needed two years to be able to go out and recruit and to get ready to have a competitive team and to attract talent. They needed two years of players coming off contract, not one. But secondly, there's no plan around what it's going to look like in two, five, ten, fifteen years' time, or even if they'll still exist in that time. That's, That's the key for me. Our game is not set up. You've got to have a draft and you've got, to, you've got to be able to have equal opportunity for clubs at the bottom to be able to get the talent that's coming around. We have top teams feeding on bottom teams. The whole system is wrong. The whole system of recruitment and development is wrong. Yet we just go and put another 17th team in and go. I agree well, we, need a, we need an 18th team coming up in the next five years. But our process of doing it is actually amateurish. It's amateurish. We're, leading the, we're leaving the future, the future of the Redcliffe and what this new franchise is going to look like to two blokes. The name of Wayne Bennett and the talent scout Peter O'Sullivan. Yeah. And they're saying, you build us another team. Well, that's not how it should work. The NRL should build the team. Well said. Hard to disagree. Two Very years, hard to disagree. Two years bang on on that. Draft won't happen. No way in the world. Too much self-protection. Why? It's too much Too much to lose for the establishment, in as in the established clubs. Why? Because clubs have got parameters set up to attract and develop their best junior talent available. So yeah. imagine if you go to Penrith now and say, oh, by the way, there's a draft. So you'll only get 20% of the players that you're developing right now. Yeah, but we've spoken about there if there's academy, there, there are ways, there there probably is the old kind of a cake. And I agree with Gus. Let's take the draft system out for the full competition, but for the expansion team. We saw what, and he, and he mentioned GWS and all the uh, extra draft picks that they got and young talent and but how, how they, legally they, they've made one. They've made one grand final. Yeah, Gold Coast the same thing. Yeah. Had all the draft picks, no grand finals. No finals. No finals. Yeah, and he's right that if you this Redcliffe like it's set, and he's right. Wayne Bennett, Peter O'Sullivan. Good luck. Yeah. All the best. All the best. They needed two With years. no yeah. extra. But 
But you give them two years, and then there's two years of speculation, and in, we, you've had it with Munster and Ponga and all these. Like it's, I don't understand. That doesn't. Yeah. That might help them get extra players, but it doesn't help the competition with. Oh, who's going to go there? And it, it's just two more years of speculation. Mm. Mm. Why? I, I don't know why there can't be a draft. What age do you bring it in? And like, just anyone who's off contract. A free agent draft. A free agent draft. Oh, Australian trade, because the the free agent draft might get no, but he might go into the draft and say, oh yeah, well Redcliffe's got number one pick. And Americans are they're happy to sue anybody over there, but <laughs> NBA, NFL draft. Yeah, I, you, you don't think anyone over there would have hit for restriction of trade? Mm. Bigger pools to play with. I'm talking about, you know, the difference between eight hundred and six hundred doesn't look that great, but for a player it is. So a player can get. 800 from the team that wants to take him, but they're third on the list of the draft. The, the pick one only wants to give him 600. That's a massive. It's a massive difference for a short span career. I, I can't see them bringing it in. I can't see them bringing it in either, but draft anyway. We've we got time for one more on the wheel. So we're down to two now around the socials and doing yourself a favour. Good spin. Oh, oh, just missed out on Adams Wimbledon. Rap, but we're going to do do yourself a favour, I think, has just come up. Yeah, do yourself a favour. Gaslit. On Stan. On Stan. Very good. The Watergate scenario, but through the eyes of Martha Mitchell, who was the wife of the Attorney General under Richard Nixon at the time, and I'm up to the point where they've just broken in. So amateurish how they broke in and tried – what they tried to do is the on the Republican side of things, Richard Nixon, he authorised it but didn't want anything to do with it, a covert operation to bug all the phones and tap all the things in the lead-up to an election of the Democrats. They got caught breaking in to the Democratic Convention office Mm -hmm. at the Watergate Hotel. That's why it's called Watergate in Washington. And they got caught bugging all the phones. They were actually in there. And it was like, you know, it was something you'd expect from a bunch of year 10s. So... They've got caught, and I'm up to that. But it's very good. Julia Roberts is playing the the, the role of Martha Mitchell, and she's she's excellent. She's Are you sure you're not working so. for Stan? Because your last couple of nominations have all been Stan. Yeah. Shows. I'm not. They've got some good stuff on there. No, no. Oh, and also, okay, just to even things up on binge winning time. Oh, I'll binge time. that in about three days. That's oh. the Lakers one, yeah. That's the Lakers one. It's a bit fanciful, but it's bloody enjoyable. John C. Riley as Jerry Buss is uh, outstanding. Good fun. Makes you want to go back there and enjoy the 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 room they had next to the little VIP area. Anyway, anyway, such is life. Nick, do yourself a favour if you're an AFL footballer, don't go to Bali. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Bali just lock is... yourself in a box and don't have a life. <laughs> don't go to Bali. There's so many better don't places in the world to go to. But if you do go there, uh, have, enjoy yourself. What's wrong with Club okay, Troppo? Anyway. Um, hustle was good. Yeah, hustle was really good. Yes, hustle was good. Answer me this: Did the dude who is living in the projects in Spain, the player that he eventually yeah. gets, did he try and ward off the advances of Adam Sandler initial initially with a cricket bat? Yes, yes. I, I thought that as well. Yes, this is true. Why? How does a dude in Spain who plays in the NBA in real life in an Adam Sandler film? Have a cricket bat. 
That was a great pickup, but it had it has happened a couple of times in some random I films. Thought, was it? Yeah. Cricket bats are just somehow Slasher. there. Was it? No, looks like it. Didn't look like yeah, top of the range kookaburra. Uh, have you got anything from Do Yourself a Favour, Gibbo? Yeah, I've been watching on Amazon The Boys about these superheroes and stuff. It's like MA rated, so it's a bit. Oh. Yeah, it's, oh. it's nice. Oh, but, um, you, you adult. I know. Well, it's R, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but The Boys on Amazon Prime, it's like a comedy about superheroes. It's pretty interesting. The Boys. Are they going to sequel it? Yeah, The Boys. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, welcome back. Crunch time is on the way with Adrian Prashenko, also James Magnus. You were hosting there for a while. No, no, Joel Kane's <laughs> been here since 8 o'clock this morning, just putting in the research. He's pumped up for the show. Oh, he's uh, he's coming right up on the way and no doubt he'll have stride. He has declared New South Wales tomorrow, which... I'm a little worried about that. Why? That's a 50-50. It is a flip of the coin, that one. Origin 2. Two teams playing 50-50. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Cutting edge. Cutting edge. This is what you get here. Who you got? New South Wales. Yeah. I'm not convinced. No, I think I'm convinced. Uh, If we had the big Tommy T and Latrell Mitchell combo happening, I think we win. Now you're on Tommy Turbo playing Origin. (laughs) 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 It's all about all here is Tommy T and Origin, and then, geez, I wish he was playing. Yeah. It would be good to have the best players playing. But, i got one yeah. for you. Yeah. If your radio shows a four and yeah. it's got a chockey wheel. Makes it a ten. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't even know how that game plays, but I know it's a ten That's with a chockey wheel. That's pretty much it. And it's fun. Here's a pump-up song. Come on, booze. Steering wheel. Did you drive around Sydney town? Thanks for your time on the Mars Club. Being fascinating. Thanks, uh, Nick. Thanks, Gibbo. Thanks, everyone. Have a good Saturday, Arvo. Life's so full on, I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.